Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. Guys, let's talk about one word, sex. Good sex. Now, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work twice as fast as a pill, so you know you're ready whenever that opportunity arises. You can take it from me. They work really well. I tried it. I noticed something extra. Blue Chew is prescribed online and straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more options. Blue Chew is... Is made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct to you, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Now, listen up and listen good. You're going to want to hear this part. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. We use our special promo code Y. Just pay $5 shipping, and it's all free. Again, that's B L U E Chew.com. Promo code Y. Try it. Better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for bringing you Hide Men Can't Jump. And what's up, everybody? It's Nate back again on Wide Men Can't Jump. Joining me this week from the Great White North, it's the great Tim Dombrova. Oh, I've got, I've, I've acquired a great, have I? You <laughs> oh. have. <laughs> oh, wow, well, that's good to know. Uh, how's things going down in West Virginia? Want me to throw in throw in like a big long spiel about yourself too, since I threw the great in there? Well, he's Timmy yeah, D, the podcasting. Tell people a whole bunch of things about me that they don't care about that can't be verified. That sounds uh, like he's bullshit. Timmy D, yeah. the podcasting, the Canadian dream, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Dombrova, keeper of the moose. <laughs> the royal order of the moose. Royal order of the moose. <laughs> well, oh god yeah another anyway. episode of wide men can't jump and tim is with us this week tom uh was tied up this evening tim you had some uh, right. updates on tom didn't you i do uh now and this and surprisingly enough this is sports related on top of it all there's no no oh, uh, okay i've done some uh some sleuthing some uh detective work as it were okay. <clears throat> now we all know uh, Tom Robinson's great love for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Indeed. But it has come to my attention that Tom Robinson is, in fact, a Boston Celtic plant. 
Oh, now hear me out. Now hear, now hear me out. Uh, we all know that the uh, 76ers uh, guards got a lot of troubles there. Simmons can't, doesn't want to shoot. Fultz can't shoot. I have it on good authority that Tom Robinson was actually hired to teach Markel Fultz how to put his hands up in the air because, of course, <laughs> being from Philadelphia. But what they didn't consider into the equation was that being from Philadelphia, Tom does, in fact, know how to put his hands up in the air, but he also yells out, don't shoot. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think Tom Robinson, he always talks quite glowingly about Danny Ainge. I I suggest, and now Tom has fled the state. (laughs) You do the math. Well, you do the math. Well, you know, trust, I, trust I'm not going to trust the process. Indeed. <laughs> Speaking of the trust the process, people, uh, July. I, I sent a little clip over because um, apparently people are already starting to uh, starting to back away from Ben Simmons a little bit in Sixerland via Twitter. Have you have you seen this? I, I saw your post earlier of. Uh, um, now suddenly trusting the process no longer means what it means, and while we didn't mean well, it was forever. And Yeah, apparently uh, blah, blah, people blah. are saying, we don't understand what trust the process means anymore. Uh, we shouldn't be waiting. Now's the time to strike. Boy, these Sixers fans, you can't read them, can you? <laughs> One week they're so, trusting the process, and now it's like, don't say that anymore. Nobody really knows what and, it means anymore. And free to admit that we were fully backing a thing we didn't understand. Exactly. And that's where or we have ended up was. being. Well, no offense to our viewers, listeners from the Pennsylvania area, or 76ers fans, but this is kind of, uh, I mean, this is a basketball show, so we won't get into it, but look. I mean, the, the, the equivalent is going on with their hockey franchise right now, which, uh, for those of you who care tomorrow, uh, Wide Men Can't Score is going to go in-depth on the mess that is the Philadelphia Flyers. So maybe it's something in the town. I, I don't know. They seem to have a friend. I don't I mean, know. The Eagles are a hot mess this year, too. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, they got some problems there. Again, <laughs> the again. whole city's. The whole city's just well. Been I'm talking in particular the basketball team now. I mean, you've got. Uh, are we going? Are we heading that direction now, or where did well, you want to go? Well, I'll say this: they're winning. They are winning. They are uh, winning, but God only that. knows how. I mean, the honeymoon, well, the Jimmy Butler honeymoon will end. Jimmy Butler, uh, the trade that went down there. Actually, they're 14 and eight now. They won their last game. The game before that, they uh, they came up on the losing end. Uh, as they lost to they lost to Cleveland, Cleveland beats oh uh, Philly at home in Philly's first yes. home loss of the season. And yes, people, and that is as bad as it sounds. <laughs> Cleveland, um, the Pelicans oh, they up. did beat Brooklyn they beat, but an interesting stat line that was posted um, by Jim Peterson, Wolves analyst and friend of the show uh, since the trade. Before the trade, Minnesota was ranked 114th or 114.3 defensive rating, and Philadelphia was ranked 106.3. Uh, 
which is ninth in defensive rating. Minnesota was 29th. After the trade now, Minnesota 101, which is fourth in the NBA, and Philly now 113.4, 26th in the NBA in defense. So Covington and Sarich have really flipped this Wolves team. They're 6-2 and two since the trade with Butler to get Butler get rid of Butler. They're six and two now, climbing the standings while the Sixers aren't losing. I'm not going to say the Sixers are doing bad because they're not. Sixers have climbed back up into third um in in the standings, but their defense has really slacked off quite a bit since they lost Covington oh, yeah. and Sarge. And we do know though that at some point Jimmy Butler will become aggravated with something. No, and he then we will see we will see the full test of what kind of a team they actually have there. It's always, yeah. I mean, quite often anyway, 99% of the time when a, a star moves, everybody's on their best behavior and the guy's trying to fit in and, you know, everything's hunky-dory because you got out of wherever the hell you were that you didn't want to be, blah, 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 well, blah, blah. Since, since the but Butler trade. Something will happen. Since the Butler trade, the Sixers are, let me count this up real quick, one, Two, three, four. They are five and two. So Wolves six and two. Sixers five and two since the trade. But the Sixers had to beat the Nets by two. They beat the Pelicans by one, and they beat the Hornets in overtime after a Kimball Walker sixty-point outing. And Jimmy Butler had to score those game a couple of game winners. They're dominating the Knicks right now, so they should win that game pretty easily. But. I'm starting, and and they're they're now opting in to the point of saying, okay, should we or should we not? They're wanting to re-sign Jimmy Butler because apparently he likes it there for now. Um, and they're, <laughs> they're saying, winning. yeah, well, they're winning, uh, but he likes it there for now. <laughs> and a lot of people are saying Ben Simmons doesn't deserve a max contract until he's able to start shooting jump shots because right now his jump shot is not good. Okay, just just to interrupt you just for a split second, is this trade that I'm reading about, did that just happen today? Or did I miss something? What trade is that? Kyle Korver. Oh, did Korver get traded? Kyle Korver has been traded from the Cavaliers to the Utah Jazz. Really? Well, well that's what I'm reading. That is breaking that's news. If that's that is. Well, I, okay, well, then I, I break the news. You just um, broke it because that just happened. Uh, Cowboys been get, traded to the Jazz for Alec Burks and a second round pick. Correct. Well, that we got to talk that because that is a that's a pretty well, big well, developing story. Well, have at her. So you got Carver to the Jazz for Burks and two second round picks. Well, the second round picks uh, are basically well, that, wipe your ass with them uh, for the most part. Yeah, but I mean. Utah. I mean, Cleveland just, if if humanly possible, Cleveland just got worse. And how does that work yeah. for the the Jazz? Have I mean, does that make them? I mean, I guess they didn't really pay much for him. So I don't know what kind of a contract uh, situation he's got going. But like, is this a move? Is this a move for a move? Is this a move because they actually wanted him? Um, well, the Jazz are a very poor shooting team. Honestly, they are. They're 9-12 and 12 coming into this season, and they, they've been one of the more disappointing, um, one of the more 
excuse me, disappointing teams in the in the um, in the NBA this season. They, their calling card was their defense, but their defense has struggled, and uh, it's been really tough for for the Jazz so far this season. Corver's got a seven point five six million dollar contract this season and seven point five million for next season, and that includes three point four million guaranteed next season. Um, and does, there, uh, does that Alex, let Utah? Does that let Utah dump Ricky Rubio? I I don't know if they. I don't think they'll dump Rubio, but Rubio's got a big well, contract to get rid of his to get rid of that giant salary he makes because he's making what twenty two. Some ridiculous sum. He's making more than he should, I'll tell you that. Uh, but Utah's been kind of an enigma all season. Nobody can really figure them out. And right now, they sit 14th in the West, which, granted, they're only five and a half games back, so I'm not going to jump on them and attack them. But if you look at, at what they have, they trade Alec Burks. Burks was averaging 8.4 points per game uh, this season, had five points in the loss to Indiana, and they just got They've been just getting destroyed by teams. Indiana beat them 121 to 88, but Burks had 17 and 5 against the Lakers in that loss. They only scored 83 points. So scoring's been a big problem this season for the Jazz. And I and and I don't understand where their scoring was. Granted, they put a lot on um Donovan Mitchell. They've got Ricky Rubio, who this season's actually having a, a a good year. Twelve points per game, six and a half assists, almost two steals per game. He had twenty seven in the win against Sacramento, but honestly, when Rubio struggles, the Jazz struggle. He only had six points against Indiana, had eight assists. He only had thirteen points and four assists in the loss to the Seventy Sixers. So Rubio's well, kind of straw stirs the drink there because if you look at his stats against Sacramento. 27 points, five assists, seven rebounds. And the matchup there was Darren Collison for the Pacers. And the Pacers are a team that they have the veteran guard, and they have a lot of help side, and they're a good team. Philly, Ben Simmons, good defender. He's guarding Rubio. And honestly, Simmons is a more athletic version of Rubio. Um, He can score, but he's got to be in close. He can't shoot. You don't want to, and he won't shoot. Rubio was like that at the beginning of his career. He's a fancy passer, good dribbler, but he doesn't shoot. So it was basically four on four on the offensive end there because you're not going to see Simmons or Rubio pull up for a lot of jump shots. So the the Jazz are looking for a floor spacer. They have that now with Kyle Korver. They have a guy who's going to go around the tops of screens. He's going to catch the ball and shoot, and that's what they've been missing. They lost. Um, they had Jerkabo last season, who's now with the Warriors. Um, they have Joe Ingles, who's a decent player. Uh, not the best player in the league, but a decent player nonetheless. He is averaging this season 13 mm-hmm. points per game. Uh, but he hasn't. He, he's a consistent scorer, but he's Watch. not exactly what they need. Watch out, because it's opening the door for that great Duke tripper, Grayson Allen. <laughs> Grayson Allen. You know, Grayson's been kind of quiet this season, but he, I mean, he again, he's he in Utah. The, they don't play him much. That's why I say, you know, I don't know what he might. I mean, he's getting a 4.6 points a game on on 11 minutes. So if he was playing 30 minutes, he might be in the 12 or 13s. I don't know if his defense maybe isn't any good. I'm not really sure about that, to be honest. But 
Um, they don't play him a whole lot. I, I was making more fun of him because, you know, me and Duke. No, I know how much you love Duke, but I think Cleveland, Duke, uh, but... Cleveland is taking the Alec Burks deal. I'm going to do – and, again, for, uh, we're not prepared for this because I didn't know this happened. I'm Tim broke guess, the news Nathan, to me. That these are, this is a, a typical NBA trade. It, it's not maybe so much about the players themselves, but you got to start looking at caps and available money for next year. Um, because I believe this opens up Cleveland is now well, that's what I'm, under I'm, the I'm going on the search. I'm going on the search right now for Alec Burks' contract and when it's up. So that's what yeah, that's okay. what I'm looking for. Cap, for. For, for cap purposes, he Cleveland is a free is agent four, next season. Yeah, Cleveland is $4 million below the luxury tax and will now gain salary relief for next season with yeah. four, $3.4 million guaranteed contract of Kyle Korver now removed. Yeah, so and they, they were this looking might to move be him. a bit of a financial move. Well, Cleveland, also, I think. And I think Cleveland knew they weren't going to get far this season. Uh, they're not. They're not a so, playoff team. Kevin Love is hurt. Uh, they're they're not going to be a playoff team. Just as just as I said, they're going to be a bottom four seed in the West. They're going to try and get lucky with the ping pong balls. Maybe try and grab a Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, a Cam Reddish, or one of the top guys coming out of um, college. So they're looking to rebuild. If they get Zion Williamson, he can step in to where he was, and then that team looks a lot better on paper. I will, end up I will make a bold prediction right now. Okay. Zion Williamson is not, is, in, is not plagued by the injury bug. Uh-huh. He, will be the next Le, he will be the next LeBron James. That kid is money. <laughs> He's good. He's damn he good. Is money. He could easily play in the NBA right now. Oh, no question. He wouldn't like be a super. Was... He wouldn't be a superstar, but he'd be good already. That kid has got all the tools. He already is built like a brick shit house. He wouldn't be physically intimidated or any of that stuff. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see if he if he's one and done. It's going to be really interesting to see where he goes. Or who gets him? Because that should be quite the show. Yeah, I mean he's he's such a, a just a monster. My biggest concern with him, and I've said this before, my biggest concern is his his overall weight, and not that not that he's fat. That that's not what I mean by that. He's not out of shape. He's in fantastic shape, but between him being as big as he is, as athletic as he is, and the fact that he's packing around well over 270 pounds, that's a lot of man. And he's oh, yeah. He's, he, he's, gonna, he, he's probably going to have, at some point in his career, and if he bulks up anymore, he's going to get the shack issues come later in his career. I mean, your ankles and your knees can only take that beating for so long when you're that size. Yeah, I mean, and that, that was my biggest even if you're concern. Yeah, even if you're in good shape. Uh, that's why I say he's going to have to avoid the injury bug. But if he does, he should be money for a few years anyway because he is a man beast out there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just he's so massive. And I was afraid he was going to be one of those guys who came in and was going to be a dunker. Okay, he can dunk. That's all. But he's not. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he can, can dunk. dunk but <laughs> he can shoot. 
He, he can has pass. all skills from what I can see. He's just a complete player. And he's projected to go number one right now in in the ridiculously this is way too early mock drafts. Uh he's projected to go number one, but I mean he's gonna be a monster. And I actually talked to uh Brian Geisinger from the Buzzbeat podcast who also covers the ACC. I did bring up the Duke team, so you'll hear a little bit about that later in the show. Beautiful. As we talk about them. Um I do want to switch gears for a second though, uh to get off switch this trade, them, which I think this trade does make uh Cleveland worse, which is what they wanted, and I think it makes uh Utah better. But Utah, I don't know how much better they'll be. Only time will tell. I'm not holding my breath with Kyle Corver, but he does help the floor spacing. But switching gears, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> this was interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but Kawhi Leonard today signed a deal with New Balance tennis shoes. Did you see yeah. that? I didn't, but I'm, I he, can't. He turned uh, down. Should I, be, should I be shocked at that? Well, he turned down his contract extension with Jumpman, which is the Jordan brand, and took a New Balance on, which was kind of surprising because New Balance was one of those, you know, it was kind of an old school style shoe, not exactly a, uh, you know, when I think great shoes for basketball, I don't think that New Balance isn't the first thing that comes to mind. Now what comes to your mind? Well, it may not, but let's be honest. I'm going to guess it's uh, all about the bucks. He got the same amount. That was that okay, was well, the whole. It's, okay, well then it's then it's about I can get the same amount of money, but I but I play in Canada and I really don't have to do anything. It says here, Kawhi Leonard has agreed to a multi-year endorsement with with New Balance. He'll be the face of New Balance basketball with the company looking to reestablish itself in the basketball market. The uh, He turned down an extension from Jordan Brand this year, allowing him to become a sneaker-free agent. And <laughs> Darius Baisley is a Syracuse recruit who opted to forego college to work towards the draft is interning for New Balance as well. So Leonard is one of the early MVP candidates this year, but he turned down the deal with New Balance or with Jordan Brand, Jumpman, and took the same amount of money from New Balance. Maybe he, this, he wanted to be the man, maybe? I, I don't know. That That's kind of what I'm thinking is, I'm thinking Kawhi Leonard, I'm thinking he wanted to be the face of the brand. He didn't want to be in the shadow. I feel like, I feel like he, here's a guy that everyone talked about never had an ego and never really... Nobody really com- thought he was just this really good guy. He was really quiet in San Antonio, didn't want to be uh, in the forefront. I think we were all wrong about that. I think this guy has one of the biggest egos in the NBA in terms of look at me, look at me. At least that's the way I'm looking at things well, now, you can, especially you since can this trade. Easily, well, let's not mistake. I mean, just because you're quiet or don't seek out uh, the reporters the way some of the other guys do, doesn't mean you don't have an ego. Well, let's not confuse the two. I mean, I'm pretty sure Kawhi Leonard's got a giant ego. And, I mean, being up here in Canada, I know that he is news every day up here. 
whether he plays, doesn't play, what he does, what he doesn't do, make any difference. He is the he is the face of the franchise here now, like him, hate him, whatever the case may be. Um, and that may, maybe that has prompted him to to uh, go, hey, you know, being the man. Kind of nice being the man. Oh, and you're going to well, give me the I... same amount of money to be the man? Yeah, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Well, I don't know. He seems like one of those. He just seems like one of those guys that you see him at first. You, you think, you know, here's a guy that doesn't want to be seen. But I'm thinking that I'm thinking Kawhi Leonard. First of all, maybe Kawhi Leonard's smarter than all of us because New Balance may be the next big thing. Um, <laughs> at least in my opinion, because um, let's be honest here, New Balances are incredibly comfortable. If anybody's ever had to had to go, any, if you're working and have to be on your feet eight hours a day, you are looking for those New Balances. And I, I don't know, Tim, you were in construction. Did did you ever wear New Balances for that, or uh, did you have to wear steel toes? No, no. Unfortunately, it had to be. Yeah, no, unless New Balance made a boot that I don't know about. A steel-toed uh, basketball sneaker. <laughs> well, take it from a guy who's had to work a lot of jobs where he's been on his feet for eight to ten hours a day. You absolutely, new balances are a shoe that you look for. Uh, you don't wear high-top Jordans. You don't wear, um, you know, you don't wear the high-top Nikes or the basketball shoes that people talk about. You're looking for those new balances. You're looking for, you know, those nurses' shoes, as they were called. You know, you, maybe, They're incredibly maybe comfortable. Yeah, maybe flip it over and look at it from the other side. Maybe new, but maybe the the new Kawhi Leonard is as is as good as New Balance can get right now. So that's what they took. Maybe you know he does he does get into the press a lot because of the to Toronto thing because yeah. there's no one else to talk about there. So he his name is out there quite a bit. Um, it didn't you know they probably maybe can't even afford the LeBrons and. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry's of the world. So they went, okay, well, who who do we get? Who do we who can we get for the you know minimum dollars, uh, maximum bang for the buck kind of thing? And maybe he's not a bad choice in that sense. Well, I'm not saying quite. Well, I don't know how big he is. Going to new, I'm not saying New Balance did. You know, they didn't get a good a good player here. They did. They got a great player for their brand, and he's going to be the face of that brand. And people think yeah, New Balance probably. To be so. honest, that's probably all they care about. They probably did a, some market research and went, "Well, is this money well spent or not? We think it is. Oh, well, go for it." And it's he just went, surprising. Oh, they're going to give me the. They're going to give me the same amount of money, and I can be the the, the face of the thing. Well, maybe I like that idea. So, yeah, might be a bit I mean, of both. Yeah, I can see that. I, I guess I can see that, but uh, possibly we're about thirty minutes is, in. But... So, um, thirty minutes into the show, let's go ahead and pay a quick bill, real quick. We'll be right back. All right. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination—all these things and more can be helped by new law office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? 
That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. And a big thanks to our sponsor, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Make sure you show Steve some love. He is the man. I always feel like there should be added on to that commercial somewhere. Steve yelling out, show me the money! (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm going to get it. So let's see what you got so I know how much I can get because... Yeah, I don't think I want. I don't want to be on the wrong end of Mister New. I, I know that no. much. Nobody does. Trust me. Nobody wants I to be on that so. end. I don't think so. Hats off to Mister New. Oh, definitely. Well, Tim, there's been a lot going on in the basketball world over the past week, but we got to kind of look at what's been happening in Washington now. Before we get into this, we said we were going to talk about it, but we're not going to dive into a man's personal life too much, but it came out that Dwight Howard in his free time was out, um, and we'll just say he was out doing his thing, uh, making his own choices, not hurting anyone, and he was trying to keep, lead basically a secret life in terms of what he was doing. Of course, this is all alleged, of course. So I'm not going to say this is true or not true. This is all alleged. This is all rumor. Um, And Dwight Howard uh, allegedly had a mistress whom he had spoken with that was going to out his secret life. And allegedly he and the pastor of his um, chosen faith uh, threatened this person, and uh, he may now be looking at charges for threatening and things okay. that make. Now, all right. again, so, again, so allegedly, this is all rumor. We will only look at it allegedly. This is all alleged. The... Um, how do I put this? The details of of that really don't matter. The question for me would be, does, and I don't know, does the NBA have a uh, something in their CBA, not unlike the NFL or the NHL, about um, uh, player, uh, I don't know what the proper words are, uh, your conduct when you're, when you're outside of the game? But you know, like the NFL can can turf you for uh, domestic violence, and that's conduct unbecoming. Blah 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 blah. I don't know if the NBA has the same sort of deal, but I'm going to assume they probably do. I assume they do. Now, don't hold me um, to that, but I assume they do. I, I'm going to assume that they have something similar. Um, if he has broken that in any way, uh, all right, then I guess the league probably has no choice but to get involved on some level. 
But I, I, I will go back a step because I am one of these people that I, I don't believe in the action on alleged. I want facts. I want well, Dwight. Apparently. If, if, if Dwight Howard has done anything, then I want the cops or authorities or whatever. Somebody needs to level charges against him, and he needs to be found guilty of those charges. Otherwise, well, let me alleged uh, let me, to me is weak. Let me let you in on on what uh, another source. This is a new source. This is the Michigan Chronicle. Uh, the person accusing Dwight Howard of these things and posting these things online and basically trying to accuse him of, of, of these alleged claims, apparently this person has a history of slander, and they have done this okay. before. All right, so this is this is where I I take this. This is my how they should deal with it. Okay, you've as long as it is just a, a, a public, you know, like a social media accusation, that means nothing to me. Anybody can do that. You well, and I can go on there. And first. Do, at first, okay, you and I can was. go on. Well, then it's to then it's then that's not even news, really. I mean, that's just somebody who has a maybe has a bone to pick with. Dwight Howard on what for whatever reason, but uh, I, I always figured if it, if it's just accusation, that's nothing. If they uh, if you get charged with something, then the league maybe steps in and suspends you with pay, and then if you're found guilty, then the hammer comes down on you. Otherwise, well, it seems that. The once once it came out that the person had been accused of slander before, and they had been accused of things going awry and and doing these kind of accusations without evidence before. Apparently, there was um, the story kind of died down. I don't know if you noticed that, but it did. Yeah, kinda, I haven't heard anything about it this week. Yeah, so it kind of. Got swept under the rug. Now it blew up over the weekend because I was right there trying to keep up with it and was informing you even, and Tom. Yeah, maybe even these guys would be, uh, you know, nothing like a good old counter sue to get things moving. You know, okay, you're you know, going to accuse me of that. Thing. That's one I mean, thing. Because he's got always, the money. That's one thing I've always wondered why some of these people don't do that is counter sue. But again, that's personal choices and personal preferences and something I'm not going to get into. Um, but it did happen over the weekend and it seems like now it's kind of dying down, going away. So while the, well, we've, we've say, had the discussion. I will say that it, I will say it was quite comical. <laughs> it was quite comical that this news I mean, broke it was when a, it did. I mean, it was a very bizarre set of accusations, and if there is any truth to any of it, um, well, Dwight Howard's a rather interesting individual, I suppose. But I didn't well, read anything illegal or no, other than the alleged realm. threat. That was that was the big that was the big thing about it was the alleged threat. Nobody cares so, what Dwight Howard was doing. In his spare no. time, I mean, nobody cares. As long as it's not affecting at, your job and your day to day, nobody cares. Well, we have a vicious double standard there. One of the most beloved, uh, respected guys 
in the NBA family has AIDS and is an admitted philanderer of epic proportions. Yeah, we do. But nobody ever says a word about you know that never is brought up in that conversation. No, of course ever. not. Um, and and he has and without naming names, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. There's another guy that belongs to that, played for that organization, who also exactly is a well-known philanderer, and and nobody. I mean that's never brought up. So what what's the difference? And in fact, I never say forget I mean, though. Howard's never not, forget though that Dwight Howard and, and this is this is. I I had to, to chuckle a little bit. Um, Dwight Howard is out right now. I don't know if you remember this, but he's out now with a glute injury. Right. So. Am I, okay, am I supposed to connect the dots and laugh there? Or? Think about the accusations. Well, I am, but... I'm I, I'm not looking at I mean, it from that point of view. I'm looking I mean, at it from the other side of, where I just don't just, care. No, and I don't care either. Literally, I don't care. But it's just it's kind no, of. No, uh, no. If you had told me he was out with a groin injury, okay, <laughs> then I, I might think I might Maybe, laugh. I might laugh a little harder if he, you know, if that, or if he, <laughs> you know, he tore 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 his ACL and his MCL. All right, I might laugh at that too. But well. Either way, Dwight Howard uh, stirring up some controversy as he hasn't been waived. It was reported at first he was waived by the Wizards organization, but that's not true either. He was not yeah, waived. Without, without some proof and and some charges, much ado about nothing. I agree. Um, your what he does on his own time is, is on his Yeah, your personal <laughs> life is yours, and I just don't. I have enough things in my own life to worry about, and the sporting world. There's enough sporting news that I don't need to go into the sword. I mean, I'm sure if you started lifting up rocks and looking underneath them, you could find all kinds of things about all kinds of guys. I just don't care. Uh, of course. Yeah, and it, it matters not. I care about their performance on the, unless it is you know okay, you know Dwight Howard is snorting cocaine off hookers' asses and can't make a free throw. <laughs> All right, then well, they, you know, well, then maybe we've got. Yeah, maybe we got something. Well, and that's the reason. That <laughs> you know, the guy is the guy is totally wasted, and you know, and can't play. All right, well then his off-court behavior starts to become part of the news. But I've never ever heard of a straight guy of anybody ever saying, "Well, you know." Uh, I think uh, LeBron James' game would be a lot better if he didn't have so much sex with his wife. <laughs> I'm going to start that. I'm going to start saying that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but that's that's basically what it amounts to, right? Yeah. I, I mean, mean I've never really heard does. that. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard that claim ever. Or, you know, that, LeBron, uh, we could have won that game seven if you hadn't yeah, had well, if so LeBron much sex hadn't with been up, yeah, If LeBron hadn't have been up all night pounding his old lady, he <laughs> might have got fifty-six points either. Yeah, he might have got 56 points instead of that 52 that he got, and we'd have won, yeah. you know, or something to that effect. I mean, that's just, you know, I yeah, can't even imagine what, what kind of response that would get. It, yeah, it's just it's, stupid. Well, That's somebody with an agenda outside of sports, and who cares? Uh, that lady yeah. can go get stuffed unless she's got some real proof, and that is not it. So, that's where you got it wrong moving again. Moving on, Mike. Nate. Moving on. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a lady. We'll just leave it at that. Um. <laughs> The Los Angeles Clippers, right. 
are leading the Western Conference right now, 13 the and 6 record. Clippers. And if you said you saw that coming, you're a liar. You sure, I don't care who you, sure you are. You are a liar and a thief. You're you a are a liar. You tried to sell me beachfront property in Kansas. You're a liar. Yeah. But, man, oh, man, there's one guy I want to highlight here, Tim. You've probably never heard of this guy, and I'm diving real deep here into this. Montrezl Harrell. This guy has been killing it for the Clippers. He is averaging right now 15.8 points per game and 7.5 rebounds and two blocks per game. He had 14 points, 10 rebounds, 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 20 points, 9 rebounds in the past three games. Go ahead. I was so hoping you were going to go to Mba Amute. Uh, We'll we'll get to him, too. He's been a very dominant piece for this Clippers team. Or the other one that I can't say. The Rockets. Gilgis Alexander. I I don't know. Oh, Shea Gilgis Alexander? Yeah, that's that's a beauty of a handle, too. You they, look, how the hell does that fit on the back? Oh, you, you think that's on the back of his jersey? Uh, I believe he's got uh, Gilgus Alexander with the hyphen. In what? One inch font? <laughs> it's like Roethlisberger. <laughs> well, don't forget about Bobin Marjanovic. When TR says he's automatically good because he's got an IC at the end of his name, and Milos Tiozic. That's another player on Yo- the Clippers team. Tiozic, yeah, and then they got. I mean. Sindarius Thornwell's right up there. I mean, they've got some crazy handles on this squad. You got a lot. But Lou Williams, the, the Lou, the Lou Williams <laughs> Lake Clippers. Sweet Lou, Lou. Lou, like is Lou Williams like a hundred and fifty, or what? He is thirty-two. Thirty-two years okay, old. Okay, so in sports years, a hundred, at least a hundred, anyway. Seems like he's been around forever. And he, and honestly, last year was about the best year he's ever had. If that tells you anything. By. A stop in in Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia's who drafted him. Yeah, so tainted. So he's he's he, he got there before the process and not lifting your arms up in the air. I'm guessing. Yeah, for real. But you got to tip your hat here to the Clippers organization for getting this team turned around. They tra- they lose DeAndre Jordan. They trade and get Tobias Harris, who has been a nice piece for them as well. He's Having having one of the best years of his career, twenty one point five points per game, eight point seven rebounds. He had thirty four and eleven against Portland in the win, twelve and seven and four against Memphis, and then twenty nine and nine against Washington. So Tobias Harris is killing it right now in his seventh year out of Tennessee. He's only twenty six years old, but he feel like he's a he's a veteran. But he has just been tearing it up. And now the Clippers uh-huh. who added Jerome Robinson, and they added. Uh, Gilgus Alexander in the draft, they're able to go out and they get Montrezl Harrell, who's playing well. They trade and get Martin Gortat. They get rid of Austin Rivers, and he's been playing uh, good minutes off can the we, bench. Go ahead. Can we take Mon? How do you say it? Montrezl. Montrezl Harrell. Can we take Montrezl Harrell and cross him with Lou Williams and get Montel Williams? Dear God. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. There, get one. <laughs> These things pop into my head, and I have to share them. I, I see that. I see uh, that. But well, I mean, I I have to be honest. Like I look at their roster, and I go, "Who the fuck are these guys?" No, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're I've not heard a of Tobias Harris, and I know who they are. 
Yeah, I mean, and I've heard of Lou Williams. I mean, some of these names, I, like, I mean, okay, I know, all right, he's a basketball player, but there's no, who's this, like, there's no superstar names on this team anywhere. And yet, they're fucking mowing along at a pretty good pace. Um, and like you said, doing significantly better than anybody thought. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're one of those teams where everybody's got their little spot and there's not a whole lot of ego out there because, well, nobody's got any room to have one, and yep. they just do their jobs. I mean, I haven't well, really seen you, the Clippers play this year to, to know, but... Um, if Gallinari stays healthy, if Gallinari stays healthy for the Clippers and he's able to hone in on what he can do, he's had an injury-plagued career. Tobias Harris is, is right in his prime. Lou Williams is playing well. Harrell's been a miraculous replacement for DeAndre Jordan. And they're deep. They've got players who... I mean, who... Any, any L.A. team that can be better than the Lakers, I'm all over it. Oh, yeah. As I hate the, La- as I hate the Lakers organization. With a and they're a fun team to watch, too, because they just go out and play basketball. There's no... They're very unselfish. They're not about, you know, I got to get mine, let me get it. They're not about that. They're a team that's unselfish. They're out trying to score. They're not... They're just playing basketball, and they're very quietly having a fantastic season. They're ahead of Golden State in the standings right now. Now, granted, do I think the Clippers are going to end the season number one? No, I don't. Well, probably but, not, but but the fact that we're but, 20 games in and they're sitting on top, you know, we're, we're basically a fourth of the way through the season right now, so, and they're sitting on top. to the point where um, in another month, if they're still anywhere near there, then it's not a fluke anymore. Right now, it could still be okay. They just, you know, hit a spot and everything's going right, and it'll end. Yeah. But uh, like I said, if if by uh, New Year's, and they're still in this position, then it's not a fluke anymore. Then you got to well, start. I'll tell to, you this. You almost have to start to go. They might be for real. I'll tell you this much: the Clippers beat the Milwaukee Bucks and Golden State Warriors in back-to-back games. That's no easy easy feat. No, it certainly isn't. That's two of the best um, teams in the league right now. And they took it to them. I'm, I'm looking up the scores to see how bad the final was. They play the Suns today, which should be another win for them. They beat Portland, who was at one point on top. They beat Memphis, who had been on a roll. They did have a, a weird loss to uh, Washington, but it was night two of a back-to-back, so I'll let that one slide. Um they handled the the Nets. They beat the Spurs. They beat Milwaukee in overtime, uh, 128-126. And then two nights later, uh, beat the Warriors, 121-116 to in overtime. So they go into overtime with two very good, very – and they're tested. And they win. Granted, they were at home, but there you go. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. I just glanced at the at the scores. And, and I, I don't want to goose anything here, but I, uh, we were supposed to hear from Lou today. But then looking yeah. at the scoreboard, Lou may have had a stroke and dropped dead. As his New <laughs> yeah, York the, are getting the absolutely. Sixers are it to the Knicks right now. The Sixers and are laying a severe ass kicking on the New York Knicks. Uh, I don't want to think probably... it either, but my Timberwolves are beating the Spurs right now by eighteen. 
And again, well, I want to jinx. Still a half to go there. But oh, the, yeah, a long time. Knicks, a lot of time left. The, of the time. Sixers' next game is headed into the fourth quarter, so that, that one's probably done. But, uh, yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I like it when teams come out of not, well, like, yeah, out of nowhere and, and guys do good. I, I, it's good for the league. It's very it good is. for the league to see somebody else pop up and make a, some type of showing. You know, it's not the same four guys on the same four teams getting all the the yeah. press and the glory and all that. I like yeah, it when it's and, somebody else. So. And one thing about it, Tim, I'll say, is we thought this season was going to be a complete wash. We were like, ah, well, Golden State's going to win it, and they still probably will. But we all assumed it'd be Golden State, Houston, Boston. Right, you know, every, we all assume that. Every day and that it's goes not. by where they aren't, makes the season that more interesting. Exactly. And the season has been very interesting so far, especially with all that's going on out in Golden State. And I had a chance, Tim, to sit down with Andy Liu from Warriors World and Light Years Podcast, and we talked about what's going on out in Golden State. That's including a everything. Actor? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got such a pop for the Fawns last week. I got to go. <laughs> Understandable. But uh, we're going to go to my conversation right now with Andy Liu as we talk Warriors basketball and talk about the drama going on out there. And Tim and I will be back on the other side. All right. Here today, gone today. The pace of change can be confusing. Then again, it can. Well, joining me right now is Andy Liu. He is from Warriors World and the Light Years Podcast. Andy, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you? Doing okay. Doing all right. Just uh, keeping up with this here NBA season so far. It's been great uh, early part of the year, and we're starting to get closer to December, which is when teams really find their way, and we start seeing you know, the cream rise to the top and, and see the, the real NBA teams that – um, we should expect to see the rest of the season. But you're out there covering the Warriors uh, for the most part. So we'll start with, with some Warriors talk here. Um, the big news, the, the Draymond Green suspension, I'm sure you've heard enough about that to last you a lifetime. But uh, we did want to dive into that for just a little bit. Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, there's a lot of drama going on out in Golden State. What's what's up with the Warriors situation right now? Yeah, yeah, team's finding the way. Team's finding the way, sorry. The Warriors are actually kind of the opposite right now. They're kind of the uh, – Kerr said something about this is how the NBA really is for all the other teams. The Warriors really have only had maybe five minutes of, uh, of, of bad feelings the last four years, and it was when they lost that game seven to LeBron because it wasn't like they expected to lose that game. So they felt bad for maybe a week, and then they picked up Kevin Durant. So it's been a charmed life, as Steve Kerr says, for the Warriors, and for the first time in a very long time, the Warriors are dealing with what I'd say is real adversity. I know that um, a lot of people say Kevin Durant, you know, regardless of whether he leaves next season or not, that's next season. But this is certainly something that could affect the team uh, more than the Warriors are letting on. I think um, that's kind of why they uh, – suspended Raymond for that game so I think they're taking it very seriously I would say maybe a little bit too seriously but they're not messing around and uh 
they've kind of they're willing to not only pick Kevin Durant over Draymond, but Kevin Durant more than a lot of people in that organization. Yeah, they've lost uh, five out of their last seven, and currently in the Western Conference standings, they are fourth, and that's odd for the Warriors to see them fourth in the standings. You got if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, Portland, the Clippers, and Memphis would all be ahead of Golden State in the standings. I would have I would have called you nuts and called uh, the mental house to come pick you up. But uh, that's where we're at right now. But Golden State, you know, they're still the team to beat out West, even with some early adversity, I think, in most people's eyes. Um, You talked about Draymond Green. Uh, You said they're going to take Durant over Green most of the time. Does that decision right there basically show you that at the end of the year, when contracts come up, they're just going to say, okay, Draymond, see ya? Or do you think they're going to try and compete and try to keep him? Because he's made it clear he wants a max deal. Right, and and here's the thing. I think Draymond and I think the team knows that he's not going to get that deal, um, regardless of whether it be the Warriors or anyone else. And here's the thing. I think Draymond, he's the writing on the wall, and he goes, I've given my career, my body, right, my life to the Warriors, and we've won three titles, right, and we may win another here coming up. And he's never really got that massive contract. Now, given, you know, $80 million is good for me and you, but – for someone like him, who's a Hall of Fame player, defensive player of the year, you know, he's a top 10 when he's trying. You know, he's a top 10 player in the entire league. He changes the game on defense. And, you know, there's not many great defenders left in the NBA nowadays. So he's someone that really feels like he changed that franchise. And he's right. Um, and he deserves that contract, but he's not going to get it. Um, and, th- and that's kind of, I think that's the source of frustration. The other piece is, um, the front office has spent a lot of time trying to make Kevin Durant happy. The problem with that is Kevin Durant doesn't know what makes him happy, right? He doesn't know if he wants to lead his own team. He doesn't know if it's championships. He doesn't know if it's playing with the Warriors where you pass a lot, right? It's a shared offense. He doesn't know, truly doesn't know what makes him happy. And when that's the problem, then the Warriors management kind of doing whatever he wants on a whim, that turns off the other players as well, Steph, Iguodala, and now it becomes something where Draymond, obviously Draymond being Draymond, is going to be the only one that speaks up about it, right? He's that type of person. And when he does, Durant gets his feelings hurt. And when Durant gets his feelings hurt, the Warriors organization is going to choose that side. So if anything, I do think this team will be together until the rest of the season. They're trying to win a title. After that, I think the smoke becomes fire. And I do think that they do look to trade Draymond Green. Um, with a year remaining, and, and there's going to be a ton of suitors for him. I just don't know who's going to pay him at the end of that. Yeah, that that's the the really shocking part is, uh, I personally, I wouldn't give Draymond Green that amount of money either. Um, if I was running a team, that's, that's just me. Um, I feel like Draymond is a product of the system he's in, and he play he's a good number four option. How many number four options are worth a max contract, though? That's my question. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. But, you know, with Curry has been out uh, the past few weeks, uh, what's the the prognosis on him as of right now moving forward into the season? Because he's supposed to be reevaluated soon. When should we expect to see Curry back? Yeah, I think think they're they're being cautious. I think for the Warriors, it's when you're healthy, when when they think you're fully healthy, when you think you're fully healthy, let's take another week kind of thing, right? So – Um, he's supposed to be reevaluated on the 24th, uh, I believe, um, or the 26th, something like that. He'll probably play the next game. 
Um, so he'll probably be back the end of next week. I think the more interesting case, I obviously myself am a Warriors fan. I think the more interesting case here is for the rest of the league that have called someone like Steph maybe a product of Steve Kerr's system, maybe someone that was only great because of Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and the rest of the bench, right? There are all these weird qualifiers for Steph always uh, that people want to say that, hey, you're, he's not a top 10 player or he's not a top three player. He's not, maybe not even the best player in the league, right? There are times when he's the best player in the league. And they say that because he's small. He, they think he doesn't shoot in the paint and he doesn't play defense, which are all pretty inaccurate. And I think that's kind of shown. I think the Warriors franchise, the Warriors organization has spent a lot of time they believe that Kevin Durant is the better player than Steph Curry, and I think they're getting a little reality hit right in their face this week, showing them that everything that they've built in this organization, in this franchise, has been around that guy, right? Uh, regardless of how good yeah. KD is, what he can do on offense does not even come close to what Steph does. Um, and so I, I think that's something that really guys like Joe Lacob, Bob Meyer, Steve Kerr, I truly think they don't understand that. And that's kind of the problem that the players have with them. Yeah, I, I can see that where Curry Curry's presence on the floor, I don't think the Warriors have ever lost five out of seven when Steph Curry has suited up in this run. But, you know, be that as it may, you know, Durant's the sexy pick. Durant's going to be the guy they always side with, um, in my opinion, always. just because of the size and what he can do on offense and his yep. versatility. Um, one thing, though, that intrigues me about this Warriors team is they have DeMarcus Cousins. And now I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest Warriors fan, but I do like to I give credit where credit is due. You know, they've become that that dynasty that everyone watches, but we all secretly just say we hate because they win. And everybody hates a winner. That's the truth. Um, but then they go out and the rich get richer and they add DeMarcus Cousins who we're expecting back around the All-Star break. How has uh, Boogie Cousins really stepped in to this Golden State locker room, and and what's he been to this team so far this season? (laughs) Can you believe that DeMarcus Cousins was the guy in the middle that was calming down Draymond and KD during that argument? That's what what I was laughing about the other night. I said, it's sad when DeMarcus Cousins is the voice of reason in the locker room. (laughs) I got a kick out of that. But to me, that shows one of those things. I, you know, maybe, maybe I, I still doubt it, it's kind of when you're not playing, there's a different mindset, right? You're going to be a little bit more calm. You're going to be a little bit more yeah. poised. You don't have the heat of the moment running through you. Um, I, I think that cousin, I don't think that's going to be a problem if Steph is going to be on the floor. I think Steph is going to be someone that just, he, he not only calms everyone down, uh, everybody respects him. Right. And I, so one of the problems with KD is that he doesn't necessarily see Draymond as someone that's on his level and he's right. But you can't talk to someone like that, right? And same with Draymond. Draymond can't talk to KD like that either. But with Steph, it's one of those things that everybody respects him. And KD looks at Steph and he's like, hey, like, I, I do think part of KD is like, Steph is not on the same plane as me. But he still understands that, hey, Steph, I'm not going to talk to him that way. And that's the other thing with DeMarcus Cousins. Regardless of how Cousins is going to act, he's not going to treat the Warriors players like he did, you know, with the Kings or the Pelicans, whoever else that he did, right? Because he's going to look around and he's going to notice, well, Steph is better than me, right? Um, KD's better than me. Draymond and Clay have definitely accomplished a million more things than me. So it's kind of up to me to fill in the gap here rather than me lead the way. 
And certain guys aren't meant to be leaders. I don't think Kevin Durant is meant to be a leader in that way. I think Draymond Green is a leader, but I think he messes up a lot. And so maybe he's not meant to be a leader 24-7. I think that Steph Curry is. And so, obviously, when you have someone like that on the court, and apparently they're taking him to all the away games now off the court, that stabilizes a lot. So I think as long as Steph is on the floor, play whoever you want, including DeMarcus Cousins. But if you're talking about a lineup of KD, Draymond, and Cousins with no Steph, oh boy, we're going to talk about we're going to we're going to have some problems uh, whenever there's the first blown uh, defensive assignment. Yeah, and that that would be a big lapse there. <laughs> um, it, of course, Twitter blew up the other night whenever you and of course they were reading KD's lips. I'm sure you saw the clip um, of KD saying, that's why, uh, this is, of course, according to Twitter, that's why I'm out of here, man, talking. (laughs) Do you think, now, let me just go ahead and put you on the hot seat, and we're a long way away from this, um, because honestly, to me, I think Durant stays. Um, I think Draymond goes, but I think Durant stays, and after they win the title this year, it's like a title will fix everything if you ask me, or a win streak is going to fix every problem, but we're living in the now for this. Do you think Durant sticks around with the Warriors after this season, or do you think he's going to explore free agency and go join up somewhere oh, else? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think I think he stays. Now, that, that's the short answer. I think a lot of smart people and a lot of people that are much more sourced than me, including the Warriors themselves, think Kevin Durant is gone. I, I think he really truly doesn't know. And the case, then the the only option that I can see in my head for him are the Warriors. Regardless of where he goes, it's gonna make sense because he can justify it in a way that says, Hey, this makes me happy. And honestly, as a Warriors fan, good. Right? You want you want someone like him yeah. to be happy. He never looks happy. He never looks happy when he played at OKC. He doesn't even look happy when he wins back-to-back titles in the finals MVP. He can say he does, but he doesn't. And that's fine. But you hate to see someone like that who's as great as he is. He's going to be a top-10 NBA player of all time. You hate to see someone like that unhappy. And really, whatever he chooses, if that's truly what makes him happy, that's fine. We just don't know, right? Truly, truly don't know. Does he want to go to New York? Does he want to own his own team, Right. That doesn't make sense because of James Dolan. You're going to really work under him. You're going to really like, – the way he's struggling right now, that's what it's going to be as a Nick, right? You want to be a Laker. You want to be in LeBron's shadow. Is that really what you want to do? You want to be a Clipper. You're going to be a second banana in L.A. Is that what you want to do, right? If not those three teams, where are you going to go, right? Is he going to go to Portland? Yeah. That's a little weird too because he wants that notoriety. He wants that fame. He wants that money. So really, once you look at all the options, unless he says, it's my time to be the guy and win a championship like LeBron as, you know, as, you know, going back to OKC, maybe whatever it is. Right. I don't know. (laughs) And with all that being said, if that's the case and he has a direct shot at four titles in a row that hasn't been done since the Boston Celtics, he's not going anywhere. The issue then becomes, is he going to sign another one-on-one or is he going to mass mass extension? I think he signs the max and I think Grady gets, uh, Draymond gets traded. Um, I, I think that happens, and I think they go into next season with Steph, with KD, with Clay, and they're just going to roll with that with Chase. 
Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Of course, there, there was rumors that he might want to go back to Washington and play, but with what's going on out there, there's drama out there. So I don't see him going back there um, anytime soon. Uh, it's just a lot to, to kind of digest, especially with what's going on out in Golden State so far this season. But winning fixes everything. And I think once Steph comes back and the Warriors go on a streak, everything will be fine. Uh, but it is interesting to see the team that – most of us who are not – see, I'm a Minnesota fan, so I know all about players being unhappy. Oh and Yeah. <laughs> it's been a rough season oh. so far. But but um, it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch Durant and his saga and how I kind of feel like he is not liked like he once was out in OKC, and, and I think it bothers him. I think he wants to be loved by the masses. But at the same time – you see videos and things surface on Twitter of him cursing out fans at, at uh, courtside and, and stuff like that. So it's it's an interesting concept. I don't really know what's going on in his head. So what do you think about him? Have you seen the video of him cussing the fan out at court, courtside? Yeah, I did. He, you know, I did. And, and the thing with KD is he's sensitive, right? I think almost to a fault where he lets people like that affect him. Right? I, I have less issues with him cursing someone out I have more issue with the fact that who cares what that guy says, right? Yeah, like I agree. He sees everything and he sees everything. All athletes are the same way. Right? All athletes see everything. They read all the articles. They see the tweets. The problem is most athletes don't show that they care. And credit to Katie's honesty, he is extremely honest. And he'll say that he reads them, right? And he'll have his own accounts and things like that. It just sucks that he's truly hurt by those people, like trolls. Even someone like myself, right? I'm always making fun of LeBron or whomever it is, but LeBron doesn't care what I say about him, right? But someone like KD is more insecure, and he's like, well, I do care about what someone with 300 Twitter followers says about me. That's the problem. And that level of uh, of insecurity and sens- insensi- uh, sensitiveness kind of – it that may be the reason that he leaves – the Warriors and and that probably yeah. is the reason why he leaves the Warriors right and which is crazy because if this was the 1980s or the 1970s or even the 1990s that would never happen because there's no Twitter there's no Instagram there's no none of that right it's yeah. you win a championship and that's all that matters and so now with all of this social media and all of this I think KD is truly hurt by that and sometimes I feel bad sometimes I'm like dude who gives a you know, who gives a crap, you know, about these people. Just say but, who gives a shit. You know, it's it, all right. It's Go ahead, Andy. Let it out. Just let <laughs> yeah, it out. You know, this show's 100% yeah, uncensored. <laughs> you know, who gives a shit about us? You know, who cares what we say? And yet he does. And, and I think that's the, that's the most painful and most humanistic part of, of someone like KD, who he's not me or you. He's the top point zero zero one percent of NBA athletes of all time. And and he's just like me and you. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I see things like that. I, I think he needs to go find Brian Colangelo, and they can create some burner accounts together and have some fun. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, like I say, we, we we the podcasters and the fans of the NBA, we tweet a lot of stuff. We give people hard times. And, I mean, if, if Jimmy Butler took anything I said to him seriously, he would have probably found me 
and beat me to death because I I got really <laughs> personal. And you know what? I regret nothing of it. But that's just that's the life that we lead here, especially in the modern NBA. But Andy, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. And I know you're a busy man. You got to get back and do some other stuff. But thank you so much for jumping on talking Warriors with me. Won't you let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and anywhere else that the, you're out there working? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, you can find me on Twitter at Andy K H L I U, and uh, on iTunes you can subscribe to Let Yours Podcast if you want to hear about the Warriors. <laughs> well, definitely, we got a lot of Warriors listeners out there, uh, so we really do appreciate you and jumping on with us. And we hope to have you back really soon, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, man. No problem. Love, too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? Yeah. You Or you could be into Two chicks at the same time, man Whatever it is that you're looking up for WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction And one reaction only You won't want to miss out All the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com So be sure to show them some love And go over Hey, it's in the name It's all free Must be 18 or older to access the website but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Big thanks to wowfreecam.com for sponsoring the show. Hello, honey. Hi. My lovely fiance decided to get right up in my grill as I was uh, thanking our wonderful sponsors, wowfreecam.com. Well, well. No. I, I have to admit that I love when Autumn is nice uh, heard on nice the Nice tits, babe. <laughs> what is it? I love the sound of Autumn's voice on the podcast. Ah, well. It's melodic. I'm glad somebody loves the sound of her voice. I hear it enough. That's for damn sure. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, big thanks to Andy... Andy Liu from Warriors World and Light Years Podcast for jumping on Talking Warriors with us. Very informative, and Sounds he's good. a really, really fun guest. Sounded well, to me just... like uh, there needs some uh, diaper changes up there in Golden State. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been an issue, Golden State. Nobody getting along. I guess winning. Uh, <laughs> I guess eventually people just get tired of winning. <laughs> It's like, well, damn maybe, it, maybe a little again. So winning all the time. Maybe a little spoilt there, and uh, eagles are not getting massaged quite enough, and et cetera, et cetera. Like we said, not enough basketballs to go around over in Golden State. But, uh, Tim, right now we're joined by the one and only Lou. What's up, Lou? How are you? How are you? Lou, good, good. good friend. We were worried about you. We didn't think you were going to make it off the ledge after the Sixers game tonight. Uh, yeah, 
No, I had to take care of some other business, but I'm, I'm here. Well, welcome aboard, Lou. Uh, Thanks. Your Knicks not looking good tonight, my friend. 114-86 to 86 is shot. the score right now with a minute to go. Not looking We're good. Shocked. No. <laughs> I'm actually having my eye on uh, college up all the night. Uh, Rutgers was actually playing, and they actually had a, they actually came up with a win. Really? Well, that's kind of surprising, honestly. What? Default? Well, no, actually, they're doing pretty good right now. With that, rec- with that win tonight, uh, it was 5-1. and one. Oh, wow. The Scarlet Knights. Oh, remember, the Scarlet Knights basketball team was not the same as the Scarlet Knights football team. Ugh. The Greg Schiano oh, bunch yeah. there, as they were known. <laughs> I'm with you on them. Ugh. I mean, you know. But uh, the Knicks, but, you know, as long as Brazilians is out, you know, they don't have a chance. Even if he comes well, back, it's going to be too late by then. I mean, the team is, the team really, is lost. Should he come back this yeah. year at all, Lou? I don't even think he no, should come back. No, he shouldn't. I, I agree. I think Porzingis should stay out. I think the Knicks should just play the lottery, get their ping pong balls, and try to get one of the big players in college basketball this year. Yeah, because the way I, the way I see it, he's just going to cause more problems, and he's probably going to get injured again anyway. Yeah, Lou, let me ask you. There's a guy that the Knicks have that Tom, my, my co-host TR, when he's on, and I love. He only He's not doing great in the stats column, but good Lord, he's a blocking machine. That's Mitchell Robinson. What do you think about Mitchell Robinson? I've heard of him. Uh, I mean, he's a decent player. Well, he had player. four blocks tonight. He had four blocks tonight on the uh, against the Sixers. He's only playing. He's not playing a lot of minutes, but he was the uh, the big the McDonald's All American guy. He was supposed to go to, I believe it was Western Kentucky or Western Michigan. I think it's Western Kentucky. Um, actually, I'm wrong. Western Michigan, and he he sat out the year, entered the NBA draft, prepared for the draft. And he was seven foot one. He got taken in the second round by the Knicks. And this guy is a block machine. And T.R. and I both were high on him. I thought he should have went a little sooner. I thought the Lakers could have used him this year. Turns out I would have been correct in that. But right now, this season, he's only averaging uh, four points, like maybe five points per game. If we, we round up, we'll take five points per game. But he's averaging two blocks a game for the Knicks. This dude is just a, a beast when it comes to blocking shots. You know, at least it's some positive noting on our side. But still, four, uh, just four blocks. And not getting out of playing time. Uh, what does that tell you? They have a lot of confidence in us. Yeah, well, the Knicks, they, they really need – honestly, Lou, I think this is a year where – I'm not for tanking, but if there was ever a team that needed to tank, the Knicks would be that team this season. As you far as I think, I'm after they were, after uh, Jackson was done as team president, it was going to turn their fortunes around. <laughs> Unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. The Knicks, you know, it's kind of it's kind of sad to see a franchise like that because I'm looking at their team right now and um, Hezonia. Uh, Vonley Canner's probably their best player when Porzingis is out. Uh, you know, Damian Dotson has has been playing okay. Uh, Trey Burke hasn't been doing great. 
Knox hasn't lived up to potential. Emmanuel Moutier played tonight. He finished with three points. Uh, Tim Hardaway only had five tonight. So, it's just rough times for the Knicks. They've got young talent, young pieces. But I think they're going to need to score big in the draft, and they're going to have to convince someone to come there. My co-host is convinced David Fisdale is going to be the guy who can convince players to come there and want to play in New York. He's a definitely a player's coach. Speaking of that, uh, what do you think of the rumors surrounding uh, KD trying to come to New York? Legit or like just a bunch of just a bunch of uh, crap? Don't hold your breath. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, Durant to New York makes a, a whole lot of no sense. Durant, and and it pains me to say this, and Tim, you'll hate to hear this too, Durant to L.A. seems imminent, as bad as I yeah. hate to say it. it. Wait, to the Clippers or the Lakers? Clippers. I mean, Lakers, excuse me. Thank you. I just, ugh. Seems imminent now. There was rumors going around that the Lakers are wanting to trade off some pieces this season and get Bradley Beal off of the Washington Wizards. However, if they do that, their cap is going to take a big hit because that's a big contract Bradley Beal has. And if they do that, they're not going to be able to bring in a Kawhi Leonard or a Kevin Durant next season. And they're eyeballing those two guys right now to come in and join LeBron in L.A. So, I think I think we're going to see Durant more than likely go to L.A. It's going to be interesting to see what Kawhi decides to do because they're being successful, and Kawhi may actually really like the Canadian lifestyle. I'm not sure. What's not to like? Yeah. Hey, I'd sign up for it. Other than, other than the fact that it's cold, <laughs> I think Canada's pretty it's awesome. That, I, it's not that cold in Toronto. Oh, Canada. It's not colder, no colder in Toronto than it is in New York. So I agree. I agree. New York's not far or, from Toronto. Or several other places. By Philly. plane, no. What is it? By plane, it's not. By car, it's not a thing. True. But... You know, I had um, a guest on not long ago who brought up the fact of when you go to the United States and play basketball and every team in the league is in the United States except for yours and you fly back home, every time you come home, you have to go through customs and you have to fight with all that. Is that a big enough pain to cause guys to want out of Toronto? Yes. Um, It depends because they don't. They don't go through customs the way you and I go through customs. Don't kid yourself. Unless they're flying commercial, then they may. But if they've got a charter or their right. own, I don't know if the Raptors, have, if they have a, uh, what kind of transportation they use, but if, you, if you're flying private, that you And don't you forget this. You basically walk through because they know who they are. Well, I had uh, we had Tracy Murray on earlier in the year, and he talked about playing in Toronto and how much he loved it, um, and said he didn't want to leave. So maybe guys fall in love with certain cities. Maybe Kawhi will fall mm. in love with Toronto. I mean, Who Toronto knows? was a big enough 
Toronto's a big enough city, so you, you're not missing out. Like what a lot of guys will say about, um, you know, going to some of the smaller market places. Uh, that's not Toronto. Toronto's a great big city. It has everything. Um, mm-hmm. I would say probably the bigger thing is is if you're from the uh, from the south, let's say, for easy. And the way it would, I mean, it probably still is the weather, because you're just not used to the to there being a winter. Even though it doesn't get that cold uh, compared to a lot of places, but if you're from, you know, Alabama or somewhere like that, I <laughs> imagine that it doesn't. You know, how much how cold does it have to be to be too cold? Well, I'll go ahead and say this: I've got classmates in uh, my where I go to school, and. We, uh, it was snowing yesterday and she's from Texas and she was putting on the jacket. Oh, she was putting on the jacket and bundling up and everything. And I walked outside in like a thin jacket and I was like, are you cold? And she said, yeah, it doesn't get much colder than this. Does it? I was like, I just started to laugh. I said, oh, you're going to be in for some fun come December and January because (laughs) yeah, I'm not saying Southern West Virginia is not exactly a freezing spot, but you know, it, it'll get down and it'll get down into the single digits in Fahrenheit. So that's kind of chill. Well, I would, and I would say the other thing that would be a positive would be the money. You, uh, you're getting paid in U.S. dollars, but living in Toronto, yes. where that money goes a lot further than it does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you're making like right now thirty cents on the dollar. <laughs> I mean. If you wanted to stay, I mean, you might not live in Toronto all, all year round, but during the season, you're not spending anywhere near the money. Although I don't know tax-wise, I'm not sure how that all works. You hey, need a hey, degree Tim, to figure out all that. Tim, I wanted to bring this up. Minnesota right now, 74, San Antonio 41 in the third quarter. Holy. Did the Spurs, like, put out the B team or something? <laughs> Beat the hell out of me. No, no, no knock on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but that seems a bit... um, Well, Robert Covington's having a nice game, as is Taj Gibson, as is Towns. Wiggins is scoring. Uh, Derrick Rose is having a nice game. Robert Covington, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at this. This is absurd. Robert Covington's plus minus right now is plus 39. That's ridiculous. Well, I'm... I'm all about it parity. I, I love it when when the games are not, um, you know, when you look at the schedule and go, okay, well, that game's not even going to be close, and that team is going to win, and that's a foregone conclusion. I love it when you don't know who's going to win because the teams are capable of uh, coming out and beating anybody kind of thing. I, I like parity. I, I think it makes for much more enjoyable viewing. And as a fan, and I, because I don't really have a team, to be honest, not even Toronto. Um, if the games are good and, the, and there's lots of scoring and all that stuff, I think that just that's just a better experience for me. Some, somebody called Jimmy Butler and tell him, "Oh yeah, they can't win without you." Wasn't that what he said at the beginning of the year? What was something like that? Much, they can't win. He didn't do much tonight. Well, he didn't really have to. Sorry, Lou. He only, no he only scored he only scored seven points tonight. He didn't really do anything, and even he could have been on the bench. Yeah. 
Well, Lou, anything else you want to bring to us here? We've got a couple more interviews we got to get to. So, uh, you got any anything you want to bring up? Well, we got Championship Saturday uh, coming aboard, and uh, it's going to be interesting for the Big Ten title. Ohio State Indeed. versus uh, Miss, yeah, Northwestern. 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 Mm, um, I'm hearing that, you know, that it's not going to be. I don't so think it's going to be that interesting. Ohio I think State Ohio State is going to kick the living shit out of Northwestern. They better if they want a chance. Okay, and if they do, where does this put them in the uh, championship mix? Providing Alabama uh, Well, that depends. That depends on whether Alabama, Alabama wins. Then Providing Alabama does, wins. If Alabama wins, Oklahoma wins, Ohio uh-huh. State wins, I think Oklahoma gets in. I think mm. if they can beat Texas by three, Oklahoma gets in. I don't care how bad Ohio State beats um, beats Northwestern. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma deserves yeah. it over Ohio State. This is my opinion. Yeah. yeah, well, it's going to be one of the two. The other three are, unless somebody loses, are, well, and I guess two of them can't lose. Clemson and Notre Dame are in for sure. I think Alabama gets in even if they lose which almost leaves Georgia on the doorstep looking in. So, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, if, I mean, if Georgia beats Alabama, then the top four is Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia. If Georgia loses, yeah, I agree. Yeah, if Georgia loses, then uh, I guess it's going to go down to strength of schedule and all that nonsense between Oklahoma and Ohio State. But I think Oklahoma has less. If he wins, then Ohio State does. So you might be right on that one. Um, everybody else is done, though. There's no two ways around that. And right. once again, University of Central Florida will get robbed this year again. But we yeah, won't get into that. Get... We can talk more about that on the Sunday night show, Lou. If you give us a call, we'll talk plenty about that. I will. Um, hey, try and call my Saturday show if you can. Yeah, okay. we will give, us that, we will give us that number. Give me that number nice and slow so that I get okay. it all down, and all I, right. will, I will do my damnedest to get a hold of you on Saturday. It is a toll-free call, so don't worry about costing anything because it won't. The number is 605-562-0444. The PIN number is 2612 five five six then one and then pound they'll hear an operator uh, calling on and they may have to tell you to dial an extra one that'll get you in okay i will okay, and, and you're what now, you're four o'clock now I'm my six time? Eight eastern time so that's what okay, uh, so four, o'clock four or time. five uh your your guy's time yeah, no, it's four my time. Nate's on the same time you are. So all right, okay. yeah, I, will do, I will do my damnedest to. Yeah, I will do my damnedest to to call in on Saturday. Okay, great. I'll be, I'd be I'd be pleased to hear from you. Thanks a lot. Wonderful. Thanks See for you, jumping Lou. on, Lou. We'll holler at you next time. And that's it for Lou, folks. Lou, always a great Wait, guy to Lou. jump on and talk to a little, a little uh, kind of change a of pace a little bit. But Tim, speaking of change of pace. 
If you'd have told me this season the Memphis Grizzlies were going to be as good as they've been, I would have called you a liar. And one guy came on the show in the offseason and predicted the Memphis Grizzlies would be as good as they have been, and that is Rob Fisher. He is from Fishing Stats on Sports, 56 WHBQ, 87.7 FM in Memphis, and he jumped on the program with me earlier, and we talked a little to Grizzlies. You want to hear what he had to say about the Grizzlies' rise? Let's roll that baby. All right, here's my conversation with Rob. Joining me now is the host of Fish and Stats on Sports 56 WHBQ 87.7 FM in Memphis and pre and post game host on Grizzlies Live. Rob Fisher. Rob, thanks for joining us. You got it. How are you today? Doing good, doing good. And I'll tell you who else is doing good is the Memphis Grizzlies have been shockingly, in my opinion, shockingly very good this season. Even though you came on the show in the off season and said the Grizzlies were a perennial playoff team, I think most of our listeners kind of maybe said, ah, oh, he's looking at things through Memphis colored glasses. But so far, the Grizzlies have looked great. I mean, they had three straight losses, but... Before that, they were on a roll. How has Memphis turned this around after that dismal season last year? Yeah, I think we'll take 12-8 and eight after 20 games, uh, even with the three-game losing streak. But it's really been pretty simple. You know, the Knicks were in town on Sunday, and Mike Breen, voice of the Knicks, he, he asked me, he said, what's really been the key? And I, you know, thought about it for a second, and it's it's really pretty simple. They're They're playing well defensively, really well defensively. They, Mike Conley's healthy. That's huge, you know, compared to a year ago. And then the other thing is, with the new faces that they got, they really gelled well and quickly together, and they got smart players. And when you're trying to be a defensive-oriented team, you got to be smart, got to play together. They're playing very unselfish. So it's that mix of things that have had the Grizzlies, you know, at the top of the Southwest Division right now. And, um you know, it's that defensive mentality, and it's all for one. You know, the unselfishness of they don't care who's getting the shots, they don't care who's getting the points. You know, Garrett Temple can get 30 one night, he can get four the next night, or Shelvin Mack can get 18 one night and get three the next night, or, you know, Marshawn Brooks will get six and then not play the next game. I mean, it's 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 really been an unselfish, fun team to watch, and they get after it on the defensive end for sure. And last night uh, against the uh, uh, Toronto, that was the first game this month that a team got to their average scoring against the Grizzlies. The defense has stepped up, and they've kept everybody below their average uh, for the month until they ran into that buzzsaw of Toronto last night. Yeah, Toronto's a tough team to, to on. And, you know, they, they've lost three, but lost three in a row. They lost to the Clippers, who right now are setting up top in the West, and they lose to the Knicks a couple nights later, which is probably a game they'd like to have back. But then you lose to Toronto, who's sitting on top in the East. So not exactly uh, the easiest of schedules. But Mike Conley this season so far is averaging 20 points a game, almost seven assists, and he's healthy. And he has just been tearing it up this season so far. What has been the key to him coming back and staying healthy so far this season? Well, he took a lot of time off, you know, and and – they they shut him down early last year, and which was the right thing to do. So he had a lot of time to make sure he went through the rehab. And you know he started the season in 
you know, you can practice and you can run and stay in shape as much as you want, but there's nothing like game shape. So, you know, he's, he's been dragging a little bit at the end of fourth quarter because the Grizzlies are really relying on him so much, especially to close out games. And it's been kind of a problem in the Clippers game and the Knicks game that it was all Mike Conley and nobody else was really jumping in and helping. And uh, it was a big reason why I think the Grizzlies lost those two games because it was all Mike. But uh, Mike's been great. And, you know, as long as he's healthy, this team's got a great shot. He and Mark, as long as they're both healthy, they've got a great shot to, of being a playoff team. And uh, Mike's just been terrific. He's been clutch. He's always been clutch, you know, going back before the injury. He's a guy that hits big shots down the stretch. The Grizzlies going to need him to going forward. Yeah, and then I'm watching um... – Mark Gasol, who's able to step out and hit threes now, who's really extending his game. He's having a great season thus far as well. He's averaging 18.5 points a game, nine and a half rebounds, and also uh, 1.3 blocks per game. Gasol had 27 points in the last three straight games. He's looking good so far. How does he? How's he able to keep it up? He's 33 years old, and he's able to play center at such a high level still in the NBA when a lot of people were writing him off at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think Mark, a couple of things have happened. One, I think Mark understands the load he has to carry for this team. J.P. Bickerstaff even made mention of that uh, the other night, that, you know, Mark is, Mark's come to grips with the fact that he's got to be the aggressive guy, and he's getting a lot of shot attempts. He is knocking down threes, and, uh, and he's playing as well defensively as he has, you know, when he was the defensive player of the year a few years back, so... Uh, Mark, I think uh, Mark likes the guys that he plays with. Mark's always about playing the right way and playing unselfishly and playing to win, and the guys around him are doing that. I think he likes his teammates. He likes, uh, you know, the setup of the team. He likes the direction that they're going, and I think Mark has put it on himself to know that he and Mike really have to carry the load, and, and Mark's taken it to heart. And, you know, for years there have been times when we know how dominating he can be, but you just wanted him to be more aggressive, more selfish and uh, I think this year he's he's kind of taking that upon himself to be that guy knowing that he has to be more aggressive and has to be a little more selfish at times and, and I think he's doing it the numbers are showing it are the Grizzlies especially Conley and Gasol are they going to be able to keep up this two-man kind of carrying the team carrying most of the load or is somebody else going to have to step up for the Grizzlies and if so who would you think it would be Somebody, I mean, somebody has to step up. I mean, it, it was uh, it was just two man basketball in in, in Los Angeles, and also uh, in the other game against the Knicks, it, it was two man ball. And, and the Grizzlies, you know, for the number of minutes Mike Conley's playing, uh, you know, as I said, he, he's been gassed in the fourth quarter, and you can't just rely on those two guys. Now, who's it going to be? I think that could, that can be an open deal. You know, it, it just depends on the night. You know, Garrett Temple's Scored, he scored great at home. Shelvin Max done a nice job filling in for Mark, although or filling in for Mike at point guard. And at the end of games, they've been on the floor together. Uh, Shelvin's kind of cooled off here over the last week and a half. You know, he needs to be a guy that can knock down a shot. Kyle Anderson's just got to keep cutting and try and get easy baskets. Somebody just has to want the ball, demand the ball. And another guy, too, who's kind of the wild card. He hasn't really been closing out games, but he is a guy that can – get to the basket, can score is the rookie, Jaron Jackson, Jr. And the problem is right now a lot of teams go small at the end of games, which kind of hurts Jaron being on the floor because of being a rookie and still learning how to switch out on smaller guys. And he's had some problems at times this year being in foul trouble. 
So, you know, but he's a guy I think eventually will be in there to close out games, and he gives you that third option because especially if you are going against a small guy, he can dominate, he can get to the basket. So eventually I think he'll be that guy, but in the meantime, it's just going to have to be somebody. Somebody's just going to have to demand the ball and somebody's going to have to knock down shots. Yeah, and one guy that the Grizzlies are money to who hasn't really been performing up to snuff even this season has been Chandler Parsons. What's going on with Chandler Parsons? Do we know what what his what the problem is with his game right now? Is is he injured? Is it mental? What's going on with Chandler? Yeah, he's injured. His knee flared up again, and it's been really sore. He's he's been back on the court here in the last week. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think he you've just gotten to the point of if he can add anything, great. But almost have to assume that he's not, and 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 go on at least now, without him. you got to go with the guys that you got. And, you know, if he can get healthy, you know, because when he's healthy, he's a he's a smart basketball player who can make things happen, can be an offensive guy that makes plays, whether it's scoring or passing. He's a really good passer. I mean, he can add to the offense when he's in the game, whether he's scoring or not. And, you know, it'd be great to have him. It's just his knees have let him down and, uh, it really kept him off the floor again this year. You know, he, he, he had a couple of good weeks playing and, and looked healthy and then came up gimpy with the knee, and it's just been bothering him for the last few weeks. He hasn't played in a game and don't really know when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back. I think we assume he will be at some point, just don't know when. And You know, like I said, what he can give you is just a bonus, but you wish he was healthy because I think he could really help the offense and, um, you know, it's just a shame what his body has done to him. He wants to be out there. He's fighting hard every day to try and get back out on the floor. It's just right now his body's not letting him do it. Yeah, and the Grizzlies picked up Kyle Anderson in the off season. While he's a great defender, he's not going to step in and be the, the Chandler Parsons-style player that they need. But what about Kyle Anderson? How has he stepped into this Memphis team? We're 20 games in now. How's he look playing in a Grizzlies uniform this season? I think he's been really good. I think he's he's fitting in more and more every night. You know, I think he, he fit in defensively really quickly. And now offensively, he's kind of learning where he needs to be, what he needs to do to get some easy buckets. And he is. I mean, the one thing about Kyle Anderson is he's a, he fills up the stat sheet. He just does a little bit of everything. It, one night, I mean, he, he went on a stretch where he was getting – 13 rebounds, 11 rebounds, 9 rebounds, you know, in, in consecutive games. And he'd give you four or five, six assists. He'd give you two or three steals. And, you know, so doing a little bit of everything. And then points-wise, you know, he's ranging anywhere from 6 to 13. And, you know, it, but it's consistent every night where giving you a little bit of everything. And I think that's what Kyle brings to the team. What you need, he can do. And he's going to give you a little bit of everything every night. And uh, now that he's sitting in, I think, even more on the offensive end, you know, you'll see him giving even more on that end. And, uh, you know, he can be a playmaker. He can, he can get easy baskets around the basket. But uh, defensively, he's been terrific. Well, I can't talk about the Memphis Grizzlies without bringing up my guy, uh, one of my favorite players. Uh, Javon Carter got called up the other day. He's been tearing it up in the D League with the Hunt. Um, Javon Carter finally gets called up to the Grizzlies. What do you think Javon Carter can bring to he's in the D League? And stay up on the main roster, or is this just kind of temporary for him? Well, 
Well, you know, he's not on a two-way, so he is on the Grizzlies roster. And I would imagine at some point, you know, if if Shelvin Mack is, is cooled off for a while or if Mike Conley needs a rest, Javon's going to get a shot. I'm looking forward to when he gets a shot because, you know, this is a guy that's busted his tail every opportunity that he's gotten and seems to take advantage of opportunities. I mean, in the G League, he's, He's been great defensively. I think you know if you know he gets an opportunity on the big team that he's going to bring it on the defensive end. But what he's done offensively in the G League has been remarkable. So, you know, I think you can throw him in there and, and you can trust him because you know you're going to get the defensive end from him. And if he can add anything offensively, great. Um, just wait for him to get that shot. You know, like I said, Shelvin, they've been able to trust Shelvin. He's done a nice job for Mike Conley. And, you know, they have other guys like Garrett Temple who can bring the ball up the floor and uh, also Kyle Anderson can bring the ball up the floor. So they got enough ball handlers. And, uh, you know, so right now it's for Javon. It's kind of a numbers thing, and he, he probably wouldn't get a lot of minutes. So they want to get him some playing time, and that's why he's down in the G League. But I'm looking forward to the day that he does get that opportunity because, like I said, I, I think when he's been given opportunities, whether it was in college or now in the G League and, and what he's been able to do, he's taken advantage of it every time. And I would imagine with his mentality, the same would happen if he gets called up to the NBA. Do you think this Grizzlies team, with the roster that they have right now, have a chance to compete with teams like Golden State and teams that are top tier of the conference this season? We would Normally we would throw the Houston Rockets in there, but this has been a strange season so far in terms of where teams are ending. But we like to assume that the Golden State Warriors will still be two seed in the West right now. What does Memphis need to add, or what does Memphis need to do to to be considered a top-tier team again? Because they were always in that perennial Western Conference playoffs till this past season. Now they're back, it looks like. They're playing well. Um, they're fifth in the West right now. What's Memphis have to do to be considered another a contender yet again? Well, I think of what we talked about earlier. They need to find a guy who can step up and help the scoring load, especially late in games, fourth quarter games, that can that can take the pressure off Mark and Mike having to do everything. They do that, I think they'd be pretty well rounded. You know, they could use a little more rebounding and I know there are stories are out there that Joe Kim Noah uh, maybe with the team within the next week and if that happens, you know, I don't I don't know how much time he'll get, but if Darren's in foul trouble or Jermichael's in foul trouble or someone goes down with some sort of nagging injury you know, I, I think he could step in. He could be a guy that just gets rebounds, so I think that would help. But really they just need someone to step up and, and carry some of the scoring load for them. And, you know, other than that, I think it, the Grizzlies set out to be different this year by being a defensive-minded team. I like to compare them a lot to what we saw with the Utah Jazz a year ago, you know. And, and what that does is because you're not going to have the scoring, you're not going to be able to run and gun with Golden State of the world. But what it does is it's different and it makes life miserable on them. So I think if, if you're not going to be able to be like that or like what Houston was a year ago, you've got to be different. And the Grizzlies certainly are different, and they can make it difficult on you to score. Now, if it's a seven-game series with Golden State, would I pick the Grizzlies? No, I probably wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. But it gives you the best chance to beat them because of defense and trying to be different and making their lives difficult because playing the Grizzlies is different than playing anybody else because of what they want to do on the defensive end. I think having that niche gives you a chance every time you take the floor. 
Does it mean you could beat somebody four out of seven? I guess you could. It's going to be very difficult, but I think it gives you your best chance. And uh, You know, we saw what Utah did last year, taking Houston to the brink and, and had a little success against Golden State. And, you know, I think that's where the Grizzlies are kind of in that mode right now. Yeah. Well, I do want to ask one more question, and I'll let you go. And I do appreciate you giving us so much of your time and talking about a team who, honestly, most of us didn't have on our radar this year, but they're pretty much there now, 20 games into the season. Uh, we talked about the last time you were on, but when's wrestling night down in uh, Memphis so uh, our listeners can get a, a feel of that? I don't know when the next one is. I know we have six of them this year. We've already had one. And there are there are six wrestling nights this year, and those nights the Grizzlies are wearing their city edition jerseys, and um, they're having special guests and doing a lot of different things involving wrestling. And they had one when they played Philadelphia, and uh, again six throughout the year. I don't recall when the next one is, but if you check the schedule, you can certainly or check the Grizzlies app or their website, you can certainly find that out. And uh, they are always always a unique night at FedEx Forum for sure. Oh, I believe there. So it's always fun. Memphis and wrestling go hand in hand together. And in case you nobody knows, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so I always like to find out about the wrestling nights in Memphis. They're really enjoyable to see. I'll have to try to come to one one of these days. It's a it's a goal to go to see a wrestling night in Memphis. That that would be fun. Absolutely, it would. And, I mean, it's, Rick Flair was there last year, which was awesome. This past uh, the, this past wrestling night, we had Jerry Lawler on the pregame show. So. It's always a, the wrestling has an amazing here in Memphis, and the fans get a kick out of it. And it's always a great time. Yeah. Well, Rob, we appreciate your time. Won't you let our listeners know where they can find you and uh, hear more about the Grizzlies? Uh, yeah, on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SubNation. Uh, a lot of Grizzly stuff, uh, especially during the season. So uh, you can get a lot of NBA stuff and Grizzly stuff there at the Fish Nation. And uh, for the radio show on Sports. Sports56WHBQ.com. All right. Well, thanks, Rob, for giving us so much of your time here on Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope to have you back real soon. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks. You got it. And that was Rob Fisher talking to us about the Memphis Grizzlies from Fish and Stats on Sports 56 WHBQ 87.7 FM in Memphis. So the Grizzlies team, you got to look out for them this season. Oh, boy, Grizzlies. You know, I got pretty excited when I heard Ric Flair, Jerry Lawler, basketball, wrestling, and then I started to think to myself, barbecue. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about that Memphis oh, yeah. barbecue now. Oh, and then yeah. I thought, I'm not sure that I, – I can only think of one thing, and I won't mention it, that you could add to this equation that would make it better. If you said titties, you're correct. That's uh, where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> free, free range titties. <laughs> do that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if things titties. get any better than that. <laughs> Neither do I. If you want to check out titties, check out our sponsor, WowFreeCam.com. Have you a, a big blue chew before you visit. And if anybody says anything that pisses you off, contact the law offices of Stephen P. New and sue their ass. We've got it all covered. To, 
We got you covered, man. Don't ever worry about it. But thanks to our sponsors. They've been great, as always, taking care of us here at Wide Men Can't Jump. But the show is not over. We still have some time here, and we are going to talk here to a guy named Brian Gessinger. In case uh, anybody's looking, Brian is from the BuzzBeat podcast, and the Charlotte Hornets have been on a tear this uh, this season. And quick update, though, Tim, Minnesota 103, San Antonio 65 with eight minutes to go. Um, That's going to make you feel good. I feel it does. But Brian, Brian and I sat down and talked today about the Hornets, and this is a team that we haven't covered very much on the show. They're a tough organization to crack, but I was finally able to get somebody from uh, that covers the team regularly and knows a lot about the team. And I know our listeners, we got a huge following in North Carolina. And by the way, North Carolina, if you're listening, I'll see you on Sunday. I'll be down in Charlotte hanging out. So if you're around, look for me. Uh, so I'll be down there. Sweet. But um, yeah, let's not forget too. This is gonna. This interview is gonna push us into the overtime. So yes, if you're listening live and we go dead, just catch us on the download. Yes, yes, we will go a little overtime here on this episode. So uh, no extra charge for any of you guys that pulled up. It's a freebie. But we do freebie this week. Freebie, a little extra. But uh, Tim and I'll be back right after this to wrap up the show. Here's my interview with Brian from earlier talking all about the Hornets. Well, joining me now from the BuzzBeat podcast is Brian Geisinger, also covers ACC Sports. Brian, thanks for joining us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks for having me on, Nate. No problem, no problem. The Hornets have been a team that uh, we haven't got to talk a lot about here on the show. Uh, it's a very close-knit organization, honestly. Uh, hard to get anybody on to talk to, but I'm finally glad we, we nailed someone down who knows more about the Hornets <laughs> than I do. So uh, it's good news. So we just want to start talking um, about Kimball Walker. Man, what a season he's having so far. Kimball Walker has been tearing it up, averaging almost 28 points a game, uh, six and a Mm -hmm. half assists, four, a little over four rebounds. What's Kimba done to kick it into this next gear and become really one of the best point guards in the league? He's just relentless, and and it, you know, obviously, like it's sort of it's sort of ramped up this year. But this is something that's been coming on really the last two seasons, which is he's become one of the best pick and roll guards in the world period. And, and, and sort of like lockstep with that has been, he's become one of the best pull up three point shooters in, in the world too. You know, I mean, obviously Curry's in sort of his own category right after that, you've got Damian Lillard and Kemba Walker that are in that, that are in that next tier. And if you wanted to, you know, maybe lump in guys like, you know, Harden and Paul, there's, they're, they're, they sort of get things done differently than, than Kemba, but, I mean, six pull-up three-point attempts per game, shooting a, a you know high 30s on those. He's 39% on catch-and-shoot threes. And even though he's not shooting a great number at the rim, like a little over 50%, he's still getting to the rim like crazy. He's just at a bit of a size disadvantage when he gets down there. But he's bought into James Borrego's, you know, system uh, in year one. And they're – I mean, they're running a lot – they're running some similar stuff for him, some of these DHOs out of the corner and, and a lot of high, high ball screens and pick-and-roll – and uh, some of these little flare screens for him to get catch and shoots like he did under Steve Clifford too. But 
he's just playing out of his mind. And, um, I mean, he really is a treat to watch. He's a magician with the basketball. But if you're really to sort of like boil down what's this guy's best skill, it's his ability to shoot from far distances off the dribble with a lot of defensive attention on him. Yeah, and he's just so good when it comes to just creating his own shot when he has to. And yeah. we saw this in, mm-hmm. back in the Big East in the Big East tournaments back when he was in college for UConn, and he's surpassed that and then some so far. He had the sixty point game, unfortunately, yeah. in, in the loss. Um, yeah, one of all unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, you know we talked about it on the show. That was one of the only times a sixty point game happened in a loss. Will Chamberlain did it a bunch, but. I think the only other guys that mm-hmm. ever really did it was Michael Jordan, Kimball Walker, and there may have, and I think Devin Booker, but he had a seventy point game. Yes, uh, yes. it was Devin so, Booker. Yep, like two seasons ago. Yeah, and it's not something you see very often, but that begs the question: you got Kimba out there, who's just a guy you're going to want to build this franchise around. He, how much help does he actually need? I'm looking at the roster here. Nick Batum has underperformed. Uh, in my opinion, since he got to Charlotte, mm-hmm. I thought he would be a bigger impact player than what he has. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges is a rookie, so he's got some growing to do. Devontae Graham, another rookie. Frank Kaminsky, mm-hmm. just nobody's really stepped up for the Hornets outside of Kimba. What do they need to do in order to get this team better? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the tough thing. They're they really they're really missing the sort of like obvious second banana, right? I mean, you know, Jeremy Lamb's been really good the last 10, 12 games for them, but, you know, he, he sort of is what he is, and, and honestly the Hornets are probably going to lose him in free agency this summer anyways. Um, you know, Batum, Nick Batum signed through 2021, but, you know, he's 14% usage this season. It's basically the lowest since his rookie season. Like, he's not – he's more of a connector, and, and he's shooting well this season from, from three and from the mid-range. He's just a guy that doesn't put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. I mean – they're really having to rely a lot on 38-year-old Tony Parker to get any sort of fourth-quarter offense, and he's been huge for them in, in wins in Detroit and, and the win um, uh, the the other night over uh, – wow, I'm blanking on the, the – all these games are sort of running together. But the, the win they had the other night over – well, the Milwaukee Bucks, pardon me. Sorry about that. I, I, mean, like, I don't know. Short of, short of them, you know, finding a way to – to, look, they're not. I don't think they're gonna be able to swing it, swing a deal for Brad Beal as much as people in, in Hornets land would would like to see that happen. It's short of something like that. Like it, it's they don't have the cap space to go out and sign somebody. Not like Charlotte's really a free agent destination to begin with. And I mean, look, we like some of the upside of Malik Monk, and there's probably a lot to like with Miles Bridges too. But yeah, I don't think they drafted you know, in the last two years another superstar, and, and I don't think they're. I will be surprised if Frank Kaminsky returns after restricted free agency this summer. So it's just tough because they need another guy that can go out and take some of this defensive pressure off of Kemba, so teams can't trap him into oblivion in the fourth quarter and in, in clutch time. But that player, like enlist Malik Monk, just sort of sprouts that overnight or in the next two seasons, like. I don't think it's it's quite on it's quite on the roster and um, yeah it's tough like that's just that's just sort of the reality that the Hornets have, have nailed themselves into with some expensive contracts in the summer of 2016. Yeah, and the, I'm glad you brought up the Bradley Beal um, rumors that the Hornets wanted to include Marvin Williams and some mm-hmm. picks and I believe it was um, I want to say Frank Kaminsky was also listed in that deal maybe I, I got the other name wrong but I, mm-hmm. or Nick Batum excuse me Nick Batum 
they yeah, mentioned yeah. that deal. My thought on that trade was if you give up Marvin Williams, um, who is one a, a very good scorer in franchise history. He's only averaging 10 points per game for his career, but he's been there mm-hmm. so long. He's played 13 years for the Hornets. Now he's also one of the highest scorers in Hornets history. If you give up Marvin Williams, are you losing too much in the paint? Yeah, you get Bradley Beal, you get that second guard, but then do you almost turn into a Portland light in a way? Because you're not going to have a guy like Jokic or any big guys. Like that. You'll have Frank Kaminsky, uh, Willie Hernan, Hernan Gomez, uh, really names that Cody Zeller, names that don't just jump Cody off the Zeller. page at you. Yeah, names that yeah, don't jump but... off the page at you. They, and, and Marvin's been – he started off the year shooting really cold from deep. And in the last two games, he, he's really uh, – he did back up. Um, and, you know, so much of what Charlotte does in the half court when they when they run these – you know, when they run these double high ball screens for Kemba, a big part of that secondary action is Marvin popping out. Like, they his, – his ability to space the floor is huge for them. And, you know, he's not physically the player he was a couple of years ago, but he still plays – hard as hell defensively and he's smart and, and they really need his, him for defense as well too but I would think you know look it, under the the really low probability scenario that they do swing a trade for Bradley Beal and if Marvin Williams were one of the pieces going out um, you know I would say Michael Kidd Gilchrist who's had a, who's had the best season of his career period this season coming off the bench at the four spot I mean I know he's different than Marvin more of a defender more of a slasher not a catch and shoot guy you know he would probably bump up to the starting lineup or or maybe you'd see even see Miles Bridges who's played plenty of time at the the four this year getting some of uh of those minutes. But they would they would absolutely miss the floor spacing and gravity that, that Marvin Williams provides. That said, you know, if you had if you had a guy like Brad Beal that can go get you a bucket, it, you know, maybe you wouldn't that, that hit wouldn't feel quite as hard uh as it would with just sort of like a generic replacement level shooting guard out there next to Kemba. Yeah, I mean, granted, your your offense is going to improve. I just for the Hornets, I would have worried yeah. more so on the defensive end. Um, you yeah. brought up Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who was a guy I was really high on coming out of the draft. Um, mm-hmm. The Hornets take him, and that jump shot of his. I've now I live in West Virginia, and I bring this <laughs> up because I norm I normally travel to Charlotte to watch a game every season, at least mm-hmm. one when the Wolves okay. are in town or. Something So I, I travel to Charlotte. I know the city well, and I've watched a lot of Hornets games. His jump shot may be the ugliest jump shot I've ever seen in the history of <laughs> basketball. What yeah, did they do it, with Kid Gilchrist to improve that jump shot? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at this point, it, it might, you know, it's crazy because, you know, he's been in the NBA this is year six for him, but he he still is young. Like, he, he entered the – he's just 25 years old. Um, so I wouldn't say, like, there isn't still some form of – you know, correction that, that, that he can he can get or whatever. But I, I think at this point, the jumper is what he is. It is what it is. Now that he's playing the four as opposed to the, the three, I think that, that liability is sort of minimized a little bit. And, and now, and a lot of times on offense, you know, they play four round one, and he's the guy setting screens and, and rolling to the basket and stuff like that. And I looked this up earlier. MKG has 19 screen assists on the season, screens that have led directly to a, to a bucket. I'm sure plenty of those with, with Kemba Walker wow. involved too. But, um, yeah, which is more than he had all of last season. And that's in only 14 games so far too. Um, 
So, look, I think at this point like, – and, by the way, like, he's hit – I think he's three of seven on corner threes this year. He hit one the other night, too. Um, but I think the jumper sort of is what it is. And, and look, you got to just accept that, that, you know, that's always going to be a bit of a, a hitch, literally, and a, and a liability in, in his game. But you take the rest of it. And, I mean, defensively, when he's on the court, Charlotte's allowing only one point per possession in the 282 minutes with MKG on the floor this year, which is amazing. He leads the team in net rating. Um, I think he adds so much other value that if you put enough shooting around him and enough playmakers around him, he is a, like, wonderful glue guy, and he plays so hard. I mean, his effort was so apparent the other night against Milwaukee. They needed him on, on Giannis in that game. Um, but I think at this point, you know, look, at the jumper comes – it, you know, that's great. If not, I think he's at least hit on this next phase of his career. And he, again, he's only 25. And I think there's just, there's, there's, there's still room for him to grow even without um, the jump shot, which I just don't think that's anything you can, you can sort of bank on being a part of his game long-term. Yeah. And, and he is an excellent defender. There's no doubt about that. If you need a, a mm-hmm. shut down defender, then kick Gilchrist is your guy. And, he plays very well. He fights through screens well. So I think Ken mm-hmm. Gilchrist, yep. Uh, yep. while he while he hasn't been the kind of player that a number two pick you would think, he's turned into a very nice mm-hmm. player in the league. Yeah. Um, Charlotte right now sits at the seventh seed in the East. They're at five hundred. Mm-hmm. They're ten and ten. Um, what does this team need to do in order to keep into that playoff chase? I know it's early in the season. We're you know twenty games in. What do they need yeah. to do, though, to keep that positioning, maybe move up a little bit because Boston struggled. They got De- Detroit in front of them, who they just beat. Uh, there's a lot of teams mm-hmm. that could sneak up on them. Uh, what does Charlotte yep. need to do in order to stay where they're at right now? They've got to – I mean, I think the, the, the one big thing is, like, Kemba's just got to – Kemba and Cody Zeller need to stay healthy. Um, I mean, Kemba especially, just like the margin for error – uh, is, is so slim with him. I mean, like, he's, he is the team. They need him out there. And even though the offense hasn't cratered with him off the court as it has in years past, like, they, he's just – he's the one guy that can go get him a bucket every time down the court, even when, you know, five guys are loaded up to stop him. So he's got to keep – he's got to stay hot. Um, they've got to keep hitting threes. That's, like, a huge thing for them this year, too. And, I mean, right now, Charlotte, like, they're seventh in the NBA in three-point attempt rate. Uh, they're seventh in uh, three-point uh, percentage. They're sixth in the NBA in three-point percentage from the corners, over 41%. Um, and they're taking about 7% of their field goal attempts have been corner threes this year. But this team can't really score at the rim that well. Like, just just 60.4% shooting at the rim, the 23rd in the NBA. So, like, they just got to keep hitting jump shots. And, and Kemba's sort of the biggest, you know, like, he's the engine for that, either him creating his own shot or him drawing enough attention and, swinging it to Marvin or, or to, to Jay Lamb and letting those guys go to work or Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, whatever. And then I think sort of like the last big overarching thing is they just need a little bit better luck in, in these close games. Like the recent last couple of games, the clutch offense has been better and Tony Parker made some huge shots for them the other night against, uh, against the Bucks. But like you look at this, like in terms of point differential, Charlotte right now, it's six in the NBA, five points for 100 possessions. That's better than the Pacers, Clippers, Celtics, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Lakers, 76ers. But they're just 10 and 10. Like, in terms of, like, their expected win differential, they're minus three, which is worse than the NBA. Like, 
they should be 13 and seven, not 10 and three. If you were looking at just their like point differential this season. Um, and again, the clutch offense has been better. Clutch defense has been a little bit better recently, but that's got to improve. And they just need, you know, a few more, uh, just a little bit of luck. I know that sounds, that sounds, you know, reductive and simple, but it, but it's true. So I would say Kemba stay healthy, keep shooting threes, keep hitting threes, and then just better performance on the margins in these clutch minutes are the big, big difference makers for the Hornets. Well, and and you say luck sounds silly, but it really doesn't to me. I, you know, you watch, you have a game where Kimba scores sixty, um, and they, Jimmy Butler <laughs> hits a jump shot from uh, yeah. from downtown, and he's got a hand yeah. in his face, and couldn't have guarded it any better. It was just one of those things, yep. and uh, he's mm-hmm. known for doing that, and the backstabber as a Wolves fan. But we yep. won't get into Jimmy <laughs> Butler's politics. Um, yeah, that's a whole other conversation, do, right? Oh yeah, and, and our my listeners have, have heard plenty of it from me. I'm surprised Jimmy <laughs> doesn't have me blocked on Twitter, but nevertheless, <laughs> um, yeah. The Hornets do have one of my favorite players in Malik Monk. I love him coming out of Kentucky. I hated mm-hmm. he was injured his first year, but he's been he's been yeah. stepping up, playing better, finally getting some minutes. Uh, Malik Monk, what's he got to do to take that next step to maybe step into that number two role for the Hornets? Yeah, I mean that's sort of like the the hope. Maybe it's a bit it's a bit pipe dreamy at the moment. Um, I'm just going to invent that word right there, but like. I think a big thing for Malik is just like his is like it starts with his his shot selection. Um, look, look, the guy's got some some quick twitch to his game, and he can get where he wants on the court. Even if he might not have the the most explosive first step, but he he's still fast and he he can still handle it. Um, but he just takes a lot of like long pull up twos, you know. Um, doesn't get all the way to the rim sometimes. When he does that, man, he turns into a totally different player. Because he's such a good, he, he has he has good vision. He's unselfish. Like he's he's looking for drop offs and for lobs to guys to give the ball to. And he can he can I mean, he can really jump too. So like, I just think for him. And again, he's still only twenty years old. Like he's gonna get better. Um, and he's a, he's shooting in the high thirties from three off the catch this year. I think for him, it's just it all comes down to confidence. And he's had some he's had a handful of really nice games this year too. Um, but I think for him it just comes down to confidence, shot selection, getting all the way to the rim. Um, when he when he sells into that floater mid mid range zone, it, it just is just efficiency is just knocked down. I mean he's only got an effective shooting rate of forty six percent this year overall, which is you know really isn't that good. Um, so I would say for for him more threes, more shots at the rim, and uh, hopefully some more free throws too. Just stuff like that on the margins to get the efficiency up a little bit because. He's not without talent. He's not without the ability to pass and set guys up. He's good. Um, but I think, I think he's got the right guy, like the right coach in James Rago, the right coaching staff with a player development coach like Jay Hernandez to help him out. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, another uh, – this season, you know, he can keep getting better and then another off season, And, you know, we'll see what Malik Monk looks like in the rest of year two going into year three. One last thing I do want to bring up to you, and then I'll let you go, and I appreciate you giving me so much of your time. Um, yeah, of course. The court, the Hornets are playing on, the throwback, the the color yeah. inside <laughs> of the arc. Is that not awesome? I love that. It's one it's of my awesome. favorite courts. I, I love it. I, I, I love it. I, I, like, I'm, I can't tell. I'm like sort of like on the fence between, like, do I want them to just go to the throwback look full time? Or would that sort of like take away some of the some of like how special it is basically? Um, 
I think it's great. I, I love the like the honeycomb perks out there too. I love the filled in, like you said, the the the, the wood inside of the, the arc. I, I'm a huge yeah. fan. I think the throwback knights have looked like the uniforms have looked good. The courts look good. Um, and I mean, anything this team can, this team franchise can do to sort of churn up some good, some good PR and some good press and, and to actually get some eyeballs on them from a, from a national audience outside of, a, you know, watching Kemba go crazy for a night is all good. And um, yeah, I don't think they, I don't like at this point, I don't think we've hit the, like the breaking point of diminishing returns when it comes to that court. Like I want to see it more. I think it looks awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. It takes me back to being a kid watching Larry Johnson and and guys like that uh-huh. on the court. So those yeah. are those. Yep. I just love seeing that court. So I mm-hmm. it's definitely awesome. first time I'm, I'm a huge first, fan. Yeah, first time I saw that court this season, I was like, oh man, they brought it back. Yes, finally. Yeah, and I got yep. really excited. I was hoping Muggsy mm-hmm. would come it's out there pretty. and dribble a little bit, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, but, oh man, the uh, the nostalgia would be through the roof if that actually happened there. Oh, definitely, definitely. But Brian, thank yeah. you so much for giving me some time here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Won't you let our listeners know where they can find you at on Twitter and listen to your podcast and all that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, and thanks again for having me on on Nate. I, I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun too. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, bgeis underscore bird. That's B-G-E-I-S underscore bird. Um, you can find my podcast, which is a Charlotte Hornets podcast that I do with Richie Randall and Spencer Percy every week called Buzzbeat Pod. That's at Buzzbeat Pod on Twitter. Uh, no spaces or underscores. Um, you can find that podcast anywhere. It's, it's, on, it's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Um, I'm currently part of the, the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so you can find it there. And uh, and also I rep uh, the, another another place called Sports Channel Eight. That's at Sports Channel Eight on Twitter. Uh, I do Hornets and NBA writing over there, and, and some of the other AC stuff, ACC sports stuff there too as well. So uh, check that stuff out. Check out Buzzbeat, uh, the Buzzbeat podcast. You know, subscribe on on Spotify or iTunes. Rate it. Um, you know, we we talk we talk. It's not just we. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but the podcast pretty X and O heavy analysis numbers. If you like that stuff, you want to know what's going going on with the Hornets. Like, make sure to give that a listen. Uh, the guys that I do it with Richie and Spencer, they're they're great too. So give them a follow if you see them on Twitter as well. One question, actually, before you go, since you brought up yeah. the ACC, I don't mean to hold you any longer, but I did want to. No, ask no, this. you're good. No, you're good. You're good. I'm here. Um, Duke Blue Devils. Um, yeah, they lose to Gonzaga the other night. And mm-hmm. our listeners are probably going to be like, "Nay, it's we're, this NBA show." But I got to talk a little college, <laughs> a little college. Yeah, anytime. Uh, they lose yeah. to Gonzaga the other night, and everyone's coming out and saying, "Well, Duke, uh, Duke could beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Duke could beat them. Duke could beat this." And Zion Williamson and R.J. Baird are pretty miraculous players. But in your expert mm-hmm. opinion, as a guy who covers both, do you think the Duke Blue Devils could beat any NBA franchise team right now? No, no, I do not. No, do I, now, do I think Duke has like four or five future pros on the roster and, and you know three top seven or eight picks? Yeah, totally. But like, no, they're not beating the. I don't think there's. I don't think there's any. These NBA players, they're so good. Like they're so they're so darn good. It's scary. Even the worst team in the NBA, if they came into college, they would look like the Globetrotters playing. You know, the, you know they. they the, the the gap in terms of 
not just talent, but preparation, maturity, coaching, X's and O's. Like, it's just – it. I, I don't think – you know, look, maybe if Duke played the Cavaliers a hundred times, that a couple of those hundred times, you know, maybe Duke would win. But, uh, I mean, on average, no. Nah, these NBA players, they're, they're too damn good. Um, and as much fun as Duke is, as explosive as they are, um, they're not – this is – they are not ready – uh, to 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 actually compete with uh, with an NBA team, but that said, it will be very fun to watch Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Trey Jones, whom I love. Like it's going to be super fun to watch those guys in the NBA next season. But nah, this Duke team could not beat an NBA team. Yeah, I agree. It was a uh, pretty yeah. fantastic. Pretty fantastic college team, but they I don't think they could handle an NBA team just based on size. Nah, I don't think so. Tristan yeah. Thompson yeah, yeah, yeah. bully people if they played them. So, but I agree. Right. With yeah, you, but... yeah, exactly, exactly. Like the Cavaliers, like they they have like they have talented players, you know. And like let's imagine Kevin Love was healthy too, and you know Colin Sexton. Like I don't know, I yeah. know the Cavaliers. I know it's a bit of a dumpster fire this year, but like Kyle Korver, these guys are really good. NBA, like they have really good players on this roster. Um, so yeah, you can't, you just can't you can't discount that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, but uh, thank you very much, Brian, for jumping yep. on. It's been a great time, and I hope to have you back on because uh, people love to hear about the Hornets, honestly. I'm I'm a fan. Cool. I like to watch the Hornets myself, so we hope to have you back sooner rather than later. I- anytime, happy to come on, and uh, yeah, uh, just, just let me know. Will do. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Bye-bye. That was my talk with Brian Gessinger. Figured you'd get a kick out of that right there. Uh, from the BuzzBeat podcast, Brian was great. And I appreciate him my jumping on with us talking. What is it? He's my new hero. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, uh, finally, someone with some common sense that Duke will not beat an NBA team. Finally. <laughs> we found someone him, my God. The, someone who, who I, I don't know if he lives in the state. Or not? I'm gonna guess. Yeah, he he's he's down in North Carolina. He covers Duke. Okay, and all he right, covers, so, he's, so he's a local, uh, and he's still still smart enough to know that that's just wishful. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. But uh, thank him and Rob and Andy for all jumping on tonight. Tim, thank you for jumping on here with me tonight. No problem, sir. Anytime. Been a, been a fun show. To, Had a lot of great we basketball to talk for, for Rom Tomlinson. Rom Tomlinson, we're putting your face on a milk carton. We're Soon. gonna find you. <laughs> Have you seen oh, by the way, sportscaster? By the way, Timberwolves one twenty eight, Spurs eighty nine, final. So thirty nine points. A good day for, for Nate Bush, ladies and gentlemen. A, good uh, day a fantastic day. And not only that, they took. I took the over. The the spread was two sixteen. Final score two seventeen. They. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> I was nervous huh? there for a I, minute. I, I would like to add before we go off the air, I will be on tomorrow at Okay. I will say two I will say two o'clock Eastern. Okay. It's been requested that uh, we look into the 
mess that is the Philadelphia Flyers. So we're going to oh, do man. that tomorrow and have a small well, update on the great. hockey. The cat has uh, come out of hiding after her three and seven night yesterday. She refused she can't be uh, that wet. Bad, she refused wet food this morning after going three and seven. She felt guilty. Uh, uh, her poor performance, but she's uh, racking it up again tonight. Looks like we're going to go four and one tonight, so we're we're that's back good. in the good that's books. Good. And still, uh, uh, yeah, that's a, that's about it on my. I'm still end. waiting on mine. I'm still waiting on a bunch of mine to go final. Uh, I know I took the over in, or I took the under in the New York Philly game and hit that, and I took the uh, the over in the Minnesota San Antonio game and got that. I'm actually looking right now to see um, any more games. Well, speaking of that, um, when are we going to do our pick show while we're both on the air? Uh, we don't have anywhere near as many games this, this week because we're down to conference championship games for the most yeah. part. There's nowhere, near, uh, there's nowhere near the amount to cover. So We can, we can um, go Friday, Friday in the day sometime. I'm free all day Friday. All right, who plays uh, – what is the Thursday night game in uh, in the NFL? Uh, I think it's. Uh, I don't even know. I'll look it up. I'll it's Dallas. It. Go ahead, pull Say it up no. real quick. New Orleans in Dallas. Dallas. What's the What's the Saints, line? Saints at Cowboys. Uh, Saints seven and a half favorites. I will take that money all day long. Take the uh, Saints and I'll head to I the will bank. Take the Saints. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> the Saints and if for some reason the Cowboys can beat the Saints, well, I'm all for that too. But yeah, they uh, can do it. Smart money in New Orleans, sir. Well, I took uh, Houston minus six, and they're getting beat by 18 with less than three to go, so that's not looking good. Took Brooklyn plus three. They lost, so that's not look, that's not good either. So uh, Washington and New Orleans, I took the under tonight, and that one paid off. So that one worked out. 125 to 104, the line was 241. I took the under, so I kept that one under. Milwaukee and Chicago, I took the over. It's 227. There's less than a minute to go, and they're at 222. Still waiting on Oklahoma City. I got Oklahoma City minus 12 and a half. That game is – oh, that game is over. And I got that one right, too. So, not well, a bad night. Not a bad night for me. Keeping it over 500, at least, in the looks of things. But in case you guys don't follow our picks, we are posting picks every day at the Wide Men Can't Jump podcasting group. We will add you to that group if you are interested, or you can search it and request to be in. We post picks every single day. Lots of talk about hockey, basketball. There's some wrestling talk, all kinds of fun stuff on there. Armando Martinez busts everybody's balls all the time. And also, Armando, happy birthday, Armando. Uh, His birthday was the other day. We caught him on Facebook, but shout out on the air for Armando. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to jump to back to that. Birthday. I want to jump back to that Duke thing real quick. Go ahead. You know how powerful the Duke Blue Devils are. This Pretty is their, good. This is their upcoming. This is up their upcoming opposition. Mm-hmm. Now tell me if if this does not shake, you know, put fear in the hearts of basketball people. First up, they have the Stetson Hatters. I fucking kid you not. Who in the hell are the Stetson Hatters? I'm serious. Uh, great, great, great uh, history. Great, great historic franchise. I'll go with. Yeah. Then, then the powerhouse that is Hartford College. Well, I mean, 
Hartford Community and Technical College has been a yeah, followed by their tour of uh, Yale and Princeton. Who actually Yale and Princeton may actually not be that horrible, but boy, they're they're really throwing themselves out there on the competition. <laughs> well, that that, t- that first game against they played Kentucky and Gonzaga to start it out, so. You know, you got to have a bunch of crap games after having the really tough games. So, you know. Stetson Hatters, ladies and gentlemen. Stetson (laughs) Stetson Hatters, Hatters, baby. Got to love it. Uh, The Stetson Hatters are uh, in the Sun Belt, the A-Sun, whatever that is, conference. The Atlantic Sun. Atlantic Sun. I'm trying to figure out where in the hell they're from. So what? That's Florida, I guess. We're in that neighborhood somewhere. I think so. Wow, Stetson Hatters, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> look, look for the 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 the, the powerhouse trio of Nate, Tim, and Tom to take on the Stetson Hatters and win. Hey, hey we got a chance, man. Oh, we're taking them. <laughs> they can't move us under the basket. There's no way. <laughs> Also, with the win tonight, this is a quick shakeup. With the win tonight, the Minnesota Timberwolves are right back in the playoff picture, baby. And there was so good news for me. But Tim, we need to wrap it up. We are major overtime tonight. Everyone listening out there, thank you so so much for listening. We appreciate it. Big shout out to our guy Ed Bogus. Looking forward to his episode review that we get on Twitter every week. And we appreciate that. If anybody else wants to drop us a line on Twitter and tell us if you, what you liked or what you didn't like about the show, Keep please do. Yeah, we love it when people do that. Yeah. And Ed does it every single week, and we look forward to him. I'm always updating my Twitter on Thursdays and Fridays looking for Ed. So uh, anybody else, please do so. Please do so. So check out the show anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, Pod Paradise, uh, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you can find us, we'll be there. You can check us out on Twitter. We're at Wide Jump. Tim's at Tileman68. I'm at MMITM Nathan. TR, Rom Tobinson himself, is at TR Shock. Make sure you follow all of us for updates. We also want to thank, again, the law offices of Stephen P. New, WowFreeCam.com, and BlueChew.com, our sponsors this week. Next week, we will have Dave Johnson, the Washington Wizards play-by-play man. We'll be returning oh, to the show to hear- next can't wait to hear yeah. that one. Yeah, can't we wait to talk to Dave. got a divorce lawyer coming on, too. <laughs> we'll be talking to Dave next week. Can't wait to talk to him and get some insight on what in the hell is going on in Washington. But Dave will be with us next week. Uh, thanks again to all of our guests. Thanks to all of you for listening out there. You can check us out anywhere. We're on the web. And, Tim, I think that's about everything. Anything you want to add before sure we get enough. out of here? No, I'll take it home, though. Send us home. And in time, and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Why Men Can't Jump. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise. Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Jump 
You can follow us on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump and on Facebook at facebook.com slash wide men can't jump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump.